From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning, and it never fails. I take very little time off, and whenever I go away, all hell breaks loose. I think, this is no exaggeration, I think I worked more while I was away for five days. Well, I can't say that because I didn't have to do the program live, although the show did go on. But I worked a lot. Let me put it that way. We want to we be precise here. But I had to. I wanted to just shut it down completely, unplug and and just get away and i'm not complaining we had a, a, a marvelous time away glorious weather and i understand that that's not been the case back here at home uh where it's been very nasty we've been following but there was just so much going on hours before our flight was taking off this was about two o'clock in the morning i am writing about this horrific fire the second house fire on the 300 block of Superior Road in Egg Harbor Township in three months, another family completely displaced, another family heartbroken about their dog. Uh, there is still a lot of hope, though, for Riri, Rihanna, nickname Riri, because unlike the first family that lost their dog, they had other dogs and cats, but they lost a beloved dog in the fire. Riri got out. Riri was seen leaving the house in flames when the house was in flames, leaving the house and tearing down Mill Road in Egg Harbor Township. There's been a couple of sightings. So between the family and the early in the morning charity, they started while we were away a 500-hour reward fund for the person or persons that find Riri and bring her back. I got a message from someone that has a drone and wanted to fly it and has night vision on it and everything. Riri has been spotted several times. And obviously the weather has not been good, but dogs are smart. During all that terrible rain and wind and everything, had plenty of water to drink, obviously, and then would have to rely on nature in terms of eating. But dogs are smart, and I still hold great hope that the dog will be found. Then, of course, there was all this uh, dust up with um, Marty Small, who I'm being told is is unhinged at the moment, and the whole issue involving fish heads. But just like we told you with John Devlin, and John will be joining us in about 55 minutes but just like we told you with the Devlin story and what Marty Small did to him, Stockton University with Marty and Laquetta Small, what they did to, to them. And I remember, you know, being called a liar. And then, of course, I'm producing documents that uh, show that the Board of Education kicked Stockton out. But they're they're saying that Marty Small, that I'm the liar. Uh, and then, of course, with Dredgy Wood and the Fishheads restaurant in Gardner's Basin, Marty Small was again calling me names, calling Senator Palestina a racist, 
which he's not. He'll be here tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour to speak for himself. But just all these lies being told. And then, of course, the state of New Jersey comes out and says, we had nothing to do with it. This is the DEP of New Jersey. We had nothing to do with it. It was Marty Small. It was the city of Atlantic City. None of this had to happen. I promise you. None of it. But, of course, it had to. And I didn't realize. I I knew that Marty Small had a big ego. But I didn't realize what a narcissist. Do you know this is all over a small child who was sexually abused? Do you know that's what this is about? No matter what you hear, no matter what you think you know, that's what this is all about. A small child. Because Marty Small's wife came across this small child at Fish Head's restaurant, got into a verbal situation with Dredgy Wood, and then lo and behold, look what happens the next season. Marty Small, if I was looking to do this, would I be trying to find him another location? Well, let's put it this way. If your home was on the waterfront, you had a beautiful location that you've cultivated for seven years, and somebody took it from you but said, hey, I'll get you this other other, um, location, do you consider that help? Or do you consider that someone trying to hurt you? So we'll talk about that next hour. On Thursday of last week, in a pocket Kreskin moment, because I knew the time would come where one of the Trump endorsements would lose. And again, I've told you that I knew that would be the case because I knew that Georgia would be fast approaching and President Trump is going to lose that one. That's just the way that it is. Kemp is going to beat Purdue. I did a national interview right before leaving last week and basically said the same thing. And I said the first time that one of President Trump's endorsed candidates lose, then and only then will it be big news. I think at the moment he is something like 70-something and one. But the big story was in Nebraska because Trump backed Herbster. That's H-E-R-B-S-T-E-R. He backed Herbster over Jim Pillen. Jim Pillen, by the way, a hog farm owner and a veterinarian. He won a very very crowded Republican field for governor this past Tuesday. And it was it was very close. The Trump endorsed candidate came in a close second. But of course, that was just enormous. Because President Trump, they can call him a loser. But when he wins 50 some in a row 70-some out of 71, you know, 74 out of 75 or whatever it is. Not so much news. And since we were last together, although this shortage has been, it's been out there. Now in Biden's America, you can't even get baby formula. Have you pondered this, this reality? And we'll talk about it after the break. That America is just flat out broken right now. You've got everything. You've got bad politics locally and, of course, nationally. You've got all this woke nonsense. 
finally someone other than me, I saw it in a national report a couple of days ago where they talked about this uh, Florida school textbook where one of the questions called Republicans, the correct answer for who are racist was Republicans. This, this crap is in school books. The country is absolutely broken. And don't don't celebrate. I, I don't know if they did. 8.3% inflation because the only reason it ticked down from 8.5 to 8.3 was for a very short while during the last month. The price of gasoline came down. But it roared right back, and now it is at all-time record highs. And I feel terrible for truck drivers and anybody that's driving a diesel vehicle. It's, it's, it's out of sight. But have you pondered, and we'll talk about it more, the country is broken. Everything that used to work. I will tell you, I, I needed to get back. I wanted to get back. This is one of the rare times in the past two years where I don't build one or two days in between my return on air because you can't depend on anything. But we were very fortunate. I wrote a beautiful story about them on our departure and everything was great yesterday as well. Spirit Air came through, but in the back of your mind, because the whole country is broken You have to wonder if you're going to – and most people are taking very little vacation. So if you get messed up on the way out or on the way back, it's a real problem. I mean, think about it. We took not even five days. We left Friday and we came back on Wednesday. So that's part of Friday, nothing of Wednesday. Yesterday was just a travel day. So we were basically there Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday – four full days. And I was thinking, if we don't get out on time, the thing's busted. And if we don't get back on time, that's a problem. And you used to never think anything about that. Everything used to work. Now very little works. We'll be back. Don't go away. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. And a reminder, I tell you all the time, please follow our digital platform. Because if you think I went away last week, then you're not a reader. Because we were writing relevant stuff each day that we were gone. Check it out on the app or on the website. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you why Joe Biden is going for broke. Next. After 9-11, Ben Harrow couldn't wait to enlist in the army. But in Afghanistan, Ben stepped on an IED while leading an anti-terrorism mission. Ben survived but lost both of his legs above the knee, two fingers, and sustained injuries to his right forearm. Ben now lives in a smart home from the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which gave him back his independence despite his severe physical challenges. Help heroes like Ben. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Biden's rambling press conference on inflation has come and gone. And all I can say is this guy passes the buck like Joe Montana passed the football in his prime. 
I was going to say Tom Brady, but to be fair, Brady actually tried to lower inflation. Okay, that was a cheap shot at a seven-time Super Bowl champ, but I mentioned football because Biden spent the whole day punting on the idea of taking responsibility. Seriously, if Biden was the captain of the Titanic, he'd blame the iceberg on climate change and say it was the previous captain's fault that he hit it. And I know I shouldn't compare Biden to the Titanic. One is the biggest disaster we've ever seen. The other's the Titanic. But stick with me. This guy's obsession with blaming other people does nothing to help regular people fill their gas tank or buy groceries at the store, let alone baby formula, which there happens to be a huge shortage of. Long story short, with inflation at a 40-year high, the border completely overrun, and babies now short on food, I think we can all agree that we should never order a president through the mail again. I'm Jimmy Fallon. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. During my monologue, I heard my phone ringing a lot, and one of them was Don P. Hurley. He wrote, I had not heard this anywhere else, but again, I was supposed to be on vacation. Uh, 8,500 Democrats switched in Nebraska to help defeat Trump's endorsed candidate. So... There you go. That that was more than enough to do it. It was very close. So that that explains that uh, or Trump's record would um, continue to be undefeated in a way, though. It's I, I don't think it's good. But in a way, if, if you wind up being like 100 to one or, or 110 to three or whatever, because uh, you're going to lose a few. You can't you can't run the table. I mean, Derek Jeter had one jackass vote against him for the Hall of Fame. 3,000-some-odd hits, 300-something batting average, tremendous fielder. I mean, a great multi-tool player, phenomenal clutch player, rookie of the year, robbed one time where he would have had the MVP. Never got an MVP, finished second twice, at least twice. But it's tough. It's tough to run the table. Another story that was very disappointing, this, this came out yesterday. In a, it shows you that certainly elections have consequences. Yesterday, the New Jersey Supreme Court ruled 3-2 to two to parole a New Jersey trooper murderer. See, for me, you, you commit that kind of crime, you kill a... Um, a paramilitary officer, you kill, kill someone like that. Trooper Werner Forster, I remember this uh, vividly, even though I was only about 13 at the time. And you just it was just like I promised you early in my career that John Hinckley would be freed one day. No, 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 you know, a liar. You're a liar. It'll never happen. How could that happen? He tried. He shot the president. How could that ever happen? I said, watch, watch it happen. And then look at how these judges are, are behaving. You, you have these cop shooters and other violent offenders. Uh, you have the guy that, that comes at Dave Chappelle with a weapon that looks like a gun, but is a, but is a, a knife, a large knife, by the way, and goes after Chappelle, and he's not charged. It's, it's incredible what's going on. You, you've got these Soros philosophy, even if he's not directly responsible for all of them, he is responsible for some of them. And it's his philosophy, this hate America 
socialist mentality that gets prosecutors like this Garcon or the um, the fool in Philadelphia uh, who I've written about twice in the past six months, uh, but he's not important to me, so his name escapes me. But this is a shame. Look, the guy's 85 years old, and he reportedly has dementia, so I would imagine uh, that it's unlikely that he will commit another violent crime, but I wouldn't let him out. Sorry. It's not, I'm, I'm very compassionate individual, very forgiving individual. But this goes to show you, though, three to two. Sounds like a baseball score more than a Supreme Court ruling. I don't know where everybody else is with five votes. In since 1993, his name is Acoli, A C O L I. Sandiata is his first name. He appeared before a New Jersey parole board eight times, and in each instance, a commutation of his life sentence plus 24 to 30 years was denied. However, 29 years, basically most of our broadcasting career. 29 years after his first parole hearing, he will be free. Here's the rationale wrote, written by Justice Barry Albin. Quote, by the way, highly regarded but very liberal, Justice Albin. Quote, in light of Acoli's verbal renunciation of violence as an acceptable way to achieve social change. Boy, I hate that sentence. More than two decades infraction-free in the federal prison system, the multitude of programs and counseling sessions he completed, his honor status as an inmate, his acquisition of vocational skills, and his advanced age, it is difficult to imagine what else might have persuaded the board that Acoli did not present a substantial likelihood not to reoffend. Albin added, quote, there was no substantial credible evidence that Acoli posed a risk to the public. Well, I mean, the only credible uh, evidence is that he shot and killed a state trooper. He was capable of that. You have to believe he's 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 reformed. We know what he was capable of. He did it. You have to believe that that's not something that he would do again. For To his credit, my friend, Governor Murphy, in the article reads, New Jersey Democratic Governor Phil Murphy was not pleased with the court's decision. Quote, I am deeply disappointed that Sundiata Acoli, a man who murdered Trooper Werner Forrester in cold blood in 1973 will be released from prison. Quote, in 1996, Governor Whitman signed a law ensuring that anyone who murders an officer on duty will receive life in prison without the possibility of parole. And I profoundly wish this law had been in place when Acoli was sentenced in 1974. 
Good for you, Governor Murphy. I think uh, proof Governor Murphy's running for president in a couple years. It is 30 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I am Hurley in the morning, and this is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All because of you, South Jersey's number one talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley, and the clock has exactly struck 30 minutes past the hour. And this was tough for me to only pick three stories that you can follow on our app. Ocean City Mayor Jay Gillian will likely face a divided city council. I've written the story. Emergency exercise drills set for tomorrow at the Atlantic City International Airport. And the very likable good guy, Kelsey Grammer, returns to Atlantic City Tomorrow and Saturday at uh, Hard Rock and Sunday at the Steel Pier. From the Townsport, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Winds along the coast occasionally gusting over 20 miles an hour this morning, much lighter, though, than the last six days. And west of the parkway, things are calm. Should be a nice spring day, mostly cloudy and dry, high of 66 degrees. Tonight, a chance of sprinkles and some fog. Low only falls to 57. Tomorrow morning, a few rain showers, then clouds and some sun, high reaching for 70. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Today on Hey Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 35 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. John Devlin at 7. John Zarek. Oh, this, if this takes place, it's going to be very, very special. Uh, for the first time ever... I purchased Wi-Fi on my Spirit Air plane. It's something that I knew for a long time they were talking about. Had never been available on any of the planes I had been on. And we fly about maybe, I don't know, four or five times a year. Well, they made an announcement that the Wi-Fi is available. So I went and got it. So I was at 33,000 feet at the time. I think we flew at 38,000 feet, but we were starting to descend, I was at about 33,000 feet and I received a message from John Zarek, who I knew was in Poland. We talked about it last Thursday. He's still in Poland and he plans on calling in at eight o'clock. Hold on one second. What time is it in Poland right now? It's 12.36 p.m. in Warsaw, Poland. All right, so 12.36 p.m., it's six hours difference. That's like London, England. And what are they, about uh, 5,000 miles away, something like that? So that'll be, that won't be too bad. Let's see, in hour and a half-ish, 2 o'clock. Not bad. So we'll have John for at least part of the uh, 8 o'clock hour this morning, as long as the connection holds up. Really excited about that because I know how engaging John is. He's, he's no doubt talked to people and I have a nice picture of John with some military people in Poland. It's uh, going to be special. And then 9 o'clock, uh, we'll see. I, I want to talk about Ocean City. I sent a communication. Um, this is kind of tricky. I don't even understand it. But I wrote 
I wrote an email to someone, sent them a copy of the article I wrote, and then I asked, it's plain as day, if they're going, if they're available, I would like to interview them. Person wrote me great article, but but didn't write me back whether they'll be appearing. So I'm um, I'm gonna we'll make that a either a game time decision at nine, or if I hear back, uh, this person's awake because they wrote back great article but didn't answer the question. I, I haven't had anybody ever do that before. It's weird, actually. It's strange. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But um, if you want to check it out, WPG Talk Radio, the app or WPGTalkRadio.com, whichever you prefer. Most people use the app, we have found, but there are a lot of people also that will go from any digital device, your cell phone or an iPad, laptop, desktop, and you can just type in you know, WPGTalkRadio.com and you'll be right there as well. Uh, and we wrote an extensive piece on the Ocean City mayor and council races. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. You've got a very, it was very close, and then you have a split on city council. There's a lot of dynamics. Uh, I'm not a fan of dirty tricks. Uh, and there were some dirty tricks in the race as well. Uh, so we'll see if we'll have an update on that coming up at 9. If not, standalone, our digital coverage uh, will suffice. Tom Brady. I made a mental note of this. What a life. Now, he's earned every bit of it. You know, he's worked very hard to keep himself in shape. He had the knee injury. He still wears that very bulky knee brace. I would, too. And he has been very durable. He's had a lot of great offensive lines between New England and Tampa Bay, where that's a big part of it as well. And also good fortune. You, you could be very durable, but you take the wrong kind of hit and, you know, you get demolished. But what a life. How would you like to know that you could continue to play for as long as you want or as long as a team would want you? And there'd be a team in the NFL that would always want Brady. And then no matter when you decide to retire, maybe it's after the upcoming season Maybe it's in two seasons. Maybe it's in three seasons. Somehow, I don't think Brady's going to turn 45 years old on August 3rd. I don't know if he's going to play three more years or if he's just coming back for one more time. Something tells me this might be it, but you just don't know. But there was a sweepstakes, basically. I'm using that term. And all the networks wanted Brady to be an analyst after his playing days for their platform, whether it be network or otherwise. Fox won the sweepstakes, and they have signed Brady to a 10-year contract worth $375 million. That's more, that's $37.5 million a year. That's more than he made ever as a player. And remember, for most of his career, 20-plus years in New England, 
he they there that was just a terrible team to their players. Terrible. Brady, though, you got have to give it to him though. He was always willing to take less money to make the team better. You gotta give that to him. But what and and I predict this. I will tell you I predict this. He will be terrific. Tony Romo right now is recognized as the best analyst in football. I think he's good. I actually think he's overrated. But he is good. Brady is going to be great. He will look great on camera. Not that they show you all that often. But he will look great on camera. And also he'll do other hits. It isn't just that he'll be the uh, lead analyst. Uh, color commentator, but he'll do other hits as well. So I could see him on the you know, Fox News Sunday show and all these different things. Plus, he'll do other um, appearances and events with Fox. I mean, it's it's a great situation. Romo and and people went just bananas because I think he got paid more than he ever made as a player. He makes just under $17 million a year. Brady is going to be making $37.5 million a year. It's absolutely amazing. It's unprecedented. And I have to say, he's worth it. He, I think if you think about the entire length and breadth of the sport, he's the greatest player in the history of the NFL. These are the kinds of statements that get people all jazzed up because people have different tastes. But I would say, name someone greater. I, I don't know who you, who you would pick. He has more Super Bowl wins. Where he plays, they win. He wins in New England. He wins in Tampa Bay. They were a whisker away from going back to the Super Bowl back-to-back last season. And I want to say one other thing when we come back. I'll keep it sports for just a moment. And it's not about Brady. It's about another pairing as Hurley in the Morning continues. 44 minutes past the hour on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. It's 48 minutes past the hour. So the other sports thing I wanted to talk to you about, because this also uh, came about, we went just went away for five days, but it seems like it was longer, and it seems like a lot happened during the, uh, the five-day period, including the fact that Joe Buck is following Troy Aikman to the Monday Night Football booth for ESPN. You know I'm a huge fan of loyalty, and you know that there's very little loyalty left, and that I always say, wherever you find it, hold on to it so tight, because there's treachery, there's disloyalty, very, very little loyalty. Even people you've been very good to, it just it's, it's remarkable, actually, how little loyalty is left in society. I was surprised. I mean, Joe Buck has been with Fox for so long. 
that I thought Troy Aikman was leaving and I thought Joe Buck was staying. But I think it, it shows you something about if you really like working with someone, you stay together. Now, they didn't leave at the, I mean, it looks like they're left at the same time, but they didn't leave at the same time. Troy Aikman left first and Joe Buck has followed. So they will be the number one team for ESPN. They'll be the Monday night football team. Interesting. I just thought that that was um, a great sign of loyalty. I'd like to see Brady play two more years and then lay claim to this incredible, and, and it's it's right in the deal. Fox, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it. I'm not a, an employee, but I am under contract. I am a, a, a vendor, I guess you would call me, contractor, not an employee. I want to make that very, very clear, but I really like the company. I've dealt with a lot of people from Fox, and they're really good people. And how about this deal, though? You th- How special is that, though, where Fox says, hey, here's your 10-year contract, and it activates upon your retirement for $375 million guaranteed dollars, and we're fine if you come next year, if you come the year after, if you come the year after the year after. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. I believe it was Jimmy Johnson who said it yesterday, and he'll be back in Atlantic City in the not-too-distant future. So I'll tell you, there's a lot of great things uh, in store. You know, the politics is as goofy as a bed bug, but there's a lot of great things happening in Atlantic City and more that will be happening. Just imagine if they weren't so dysfunctional at the local level. The potential is unlimited. But Jimmy Johnson said about the, the Brady situation, it's unprecedented. But he said it's, he's the greatest player in the history of the game. And Jimmy Johnson agreed that Brady will be great on television. I don't think there's any question about that. Hey, can you believe the president of the United States? Now, I'll take no blame. He's blaming King MAGA. That's Trump. He's blaming Ultra MAGA. That's Rick Scott and anybody else that's uh, MAGA. But he takes no responsibility for anything, let alone this soaring inflation and all the broken supply chain stuff. But he finally admitted two days ago when we were separated for just a few days that inflation is, quote, a real tough problem. And he suggested that it's probably going to get worse. Isn't that great? Fantastic leadership. But he owes no responsibility for it. It's King MAGA and Ultra MAGA. Doesn't he sound like one flew over the cuckoo's nest when he talks like that, too? Scary. And I was proud of Rick Scott. I'm a big Rick Scott fan. I was a fan of his when he was governor of Florida. I'm a fan of him as senator of Florida, United States senator from Florida. He told the truth about Biden. 
somewhere in my phone, but I, I took too many pictures over the past five days. I won't be able to find it quick. It's in there, though. I took a picture of his quote where he perfectly described an incapacitated president. And then you had the Democrat media. He went there like Rick Scott. He went there. Why don't you go there? You mean he went there like he committed some kind of like high crime. He went there. They're watching all this. And they they actually in this article. And it was a Democrat source. I forget which Politico or one of them. Very Democrat source actually made it like it's a question whether Biden has any mental acuity problems whatsoever. Like almost one of those some say or Republicans say or some Republicans say they're like they're like leaving it open that there's not a problem here. This is the level of blatant intellectual dishonesty that they are willing to exhibit because they they hate Trump. They, they have rage. They have blind, hysterical rage for Trump. So packaging this bull that they did, this basement dwelling bull, they're fine with that. Pretty sick, isn't it? I'm both surprised at what I'm about to say and I don't want to have my cake and eat it too, but not totally surprised. But the ACLU has praised Elon Musk on his decision to allow Trump back on Twitter. Now, Trump says he's not coming back on Twitter, but I don't care whether he does or he doesn't. He's financially uh, vested in, in true social. So, you know, I don't care if he comes back or he doesn't come back. Now, when he declares his campaign for president, I hereby predict he will tweet because why would you want to take yourself out of play in a platform that that's like do you think that that um bezos reads anything other than the washington post of course he does i don't know what his reading is but it's not just uh you know i'll just read the washington post because i own it The ACLU, let's see, quote, you'd be hard pressed to find a more steadfast opponent of Trump and his policies than the ACLU. But Elon Musk's decision to replatform President Trump is the right call when a handful of individuals possess such power over the most important forums for political speech. They should exercise that power with restraint. They go on, you know, because it can't just be clean and neat and tidy. They go on with some baloney about if Trump violates the platform rules again. But keep in mind, you don't hear any of these folks ever questioning why is Kim Jong-un and uh, Xi Jinping and uh, Vladimir Putin and the Taliban. I mean, come on. 
And if you ask one of these unhinged loons, they will tell you Trump is worse than them. This is how sick they are. Look, I think Obama was very anti-American. He and his father, they hated America. They hated the United Kingdom, hate Israel. But would I ever say Obama is worse than the Taliban? No. Obama is worse than Putin or or Kim Jong-un or any communist party in China that has a page and Xi Jinping has a page. But this is how unhinged they are. They And I, I don't know whether they believe it or they feel the need to take that position. I, I don't know. Or, or it's politically advantageous, maybe all the above. Governor Ron DeSantis, since we were last together, signed a bill mandating communism lessons in class. Now, at first glance, you'll be like, whoa, teaching communism. Yes, they're going to be doing at least 45 minutes of instruction on, quote, victims of communism day. The point here is to teach students about communism and communist leaders around the world and how people suffer under those regimes. Now, this is so important because whenever you hear like the Biden socialists and the, the, the Bernie Sanders and Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and the whole the whole gang, they talk about socialism and communism like it's a beautiful thing. It's hideous. Absolutely hideous. Another story I didn't get a chance to get to, and this is something we need to keep an eye on. We've been talking about it for a number of years. You've got these Democrats in education. They're doing away with honors classes. And I don't have time to explain to you how injurious that is, but they want everyone, I guess, to get C's. Nobody should get an A. Nobody should be the valedictorian. Nobody should be on the honor roll because somebody's feelings get hurt. We'll be back. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. John Devlin is going to join us after the bottom of the hour break. So we have the next 30 minutes, well, 25 minutes in open forum. Uh, and what's been since last Thursday and we had the phone lines open for quite a bit on Thursday, if I recall, last week. 609-407-1450, if you'd like to be heard. Uh, now is the best time to do it. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. I'd like to speak uh, of a man named Richard Wormbrand. He was a pastor of Romania. He was born Jewish, and uh, he suffered as a Jew under the Nazis, and then as a Christian pastor, he suffered under the commies, and he said the communists were worse. Mm. Uh, Richard Wernbrandt had um, converted to Christianity, 
He had a small church. Some of them were uh, Jewish believers like himself, but most were Gentiles. But nonetheless, they were a happy, they were a happy bunch. He, they loved him. He, he loved them. And he described himself as being the happiest man on the face of the earth until the commies came along. And the commissar came into his church and said, Comrade, oh, we're comrades all of a sudden. So I like that picture of Jesus you have on the wall. You know, he was an early revolutionary in the world revolutionary movement going sweeping the East right now. We want to put a picture of uh, um, Marx, Lenin, and Stalin alongside your Jesus. And he says, we're, we are going to take this as our headquarters, so it doesn't make a difference anyway. But you can be in on it or not. That's your choice. So, um, but you no more preaching that Jesus Christ is the risen Son of God. That's no more. He was a communist. So you, but you sleep, you sleep on it and talk to your wife about. Think it, about this, back. Flash. Who could defend communism other than if you were Putin or someone that had great wealth because you stole it from your people, kept everybody down? Who could possibly want this communism and socialism stuff? Exactly. That's that's their whole plan is for them to look like kings and queens and the rest of us look like, you know, serfs. That's what they want. But you know, Pastor Wormbrand had gone back to his wife. She was also Jewish. She converted, too. And she ended up being more of a stalwart than him. He had said, you know, my hands are tied. You know, they're going to take the church anyway. So I'm going to have to, you know, disband the flock. And that's a, she said to him, I'd rather have a, a dead husband than a coward for a husband. And with that, that cut him right to his heart. The next morning, he went back to the commissar and said, I thought it over. Oh, that's good, comrade. You thought it over. <laughs> Just, yes, my picture of Jesus will stay on the wall, but you will not put a picture of Marx, Lenin, and Stalin alongside my Jesus, and I will continue to preach he is the risen Son of God. And with that, he was thrown into a, a gulag, and he said, the unspeakable, they had a special hatred for Christians, but they had a special, they had hate for anybody that wasn't a communist, but they were, they were vicious people. That it just unleashed viciousness in them. He said he couldn't believe uh, how communism unleashed evil in the hearts of people. The so, uh, the pre- flash the prejudice about Christians it, Christians is so over the top, so pervasive, and I guess the people that do this are just so threatened by it. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. What else? What yeah. else, What are the reason? I mean, a religion that does not do anything except uh, extol faith and and good things is so reviled. And then you have to look at who are those that are so against Christianity, and it tells the story. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Doc Marquis who said that he went from being a sold-out slave of Satan to a born-again child of the king. That's what he said verbatim. He was a Luciferian witch. It's real. Witchcraft is real. He was a he was a practicing witch or wizard, if you will. If you want to use the word, we're locked, knock yourself out. But anyway, he said that the devil will tolerate anything and everything but Christianity. Thank you. Thank you, Flash. It's 11 minutes past the hour. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. If you would like to join Open Forum, we will have until the bottom of the hour. And then that's it until maybe part of the nine o'clock, well, maybe even part of the eight o'clock hour. I don't think we have John Zarek, who will be live from Poland. I think we have him for about half of the eight o'clock hour. We'll see. Sometimes John can stretch. 
And then the 9 o'clock hour, we are going to open at 9.05 with Ocean City Councilman Tom Rotundi. We have written a very definitive piece at WPG Talk Radio, the app, WPGTalkRadio.com, one and the same. And Tom Rotundi, Councilman, is he weighs heavily in the piece. He currently is a ward council member in Summers Point, and this is very strategic, and we'll talk about it. He ran for an at-large seat. This is a tough thing to do because if everybody says, hey, look, this guy's already on city council. Don't vote for him. Vote for the other guy. But they also did dirty tricks on Rotundi, and we called them out in this piece. Provably false things they said about him. And if you look at the swing of votes, it's like a swing of 25 votes. He lost by like 48 or 50 votes. And we found out a little while ago he has not conceded his race. We'll be talking about that coming up at 9.05. Right now, the phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Here is Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. In part, this would have been much higher had they not released these strategic uh, petroleum reserves. I told you it was a Band-Aid gimmick. And part of the gimmick is, okay, you get for three weeks, uh, it, it barely lowers the price of gasoline. It is a tacit acknowledgement of what I'm saying. It's simple economics of applies. And that supply and demand crisscrossing dictate the price of a gallon of gasoline, which is now, as of yesterday, set another new record. So it's a short-term Band-Aid. And then it might have the impact. Well, gas prices were cheaper, so inflation not quite as high. Uh, 8.3%. It's red-hot inflation, meaning the recession not far behind. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Spring cleaning can do wonders for your home, but updates can really take it to the next level. Renovations do not have to break the bank with Blinds.com. Blinds.com has the selection and expertise to help you customize your perfect window treatments. And Blinds.com can connect you with expert design consultants and local pros for installation. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 40% site-wide. And now through May 17th, all solar and roller shades are 40% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you, Sean Hannity. Did you know that prices are going up so fast in so many different areas that many places, they're just slapping stickers on the menus? Uh, In many cases, if you've noticed, I think it's the way to go. Just about everybody has a smartphone. So there are many places now they don't even give out menus, which I think is, 
I think it's fine. I have no problem with it. You you take your phone, you open up the camera, you put the camera over the um, the little code, and there's a, a a little sentence or so pops up. You just click on that, push on that with your finger, and boom, the menu opens right up for you, and you have the whole menu. But in places where they're still doing the manual menus and things like that, the prices are going up so fast that they're just using stickers. It, it's And in many cases, they don't even put a price. You know, occasionally over our lifetime, you would see some of the most expensive items would have market price. Then that day they would tell you what a, an eight-ounce lobster tail would be or whatever, a whole lobster, whatever it might be. But this is, I'll tell you, this is getting crazy. We, I'm going to be writing about it. And I have before. We have a completely broken country right now. In so many respects. Many norms are completely cast aside. Crazy radical stuff in its place. Wacky textbooks. Multiple choice question. Out of these answers, who are the racists? And the correct answer is Republicans. It truly exists in our country. Even though they don't ask the question, uh, why don't they do a, a, a multiple choice question? Who founded the Ku Klux Klan? Answer, the Democratic Party. Democrats founded the Ku Klux Klan. The, the truth doesn't make it into the textbooks because for some reason they got away with a fabulous my my former boss Nick Ribbis would call it okie doke a fabulous okie doke of somehow the party of the KKK now gets 95% of the African American vote now listen I don't care what you want to say that is no small feat that is that is fantastical. How could that even be possible? You know, I cite Robert Byrd because I watched him. I think it was in the 1990s. I watched him. Could have been even the early 2000s, but I think it was 1990s. I watched him on Meet the Press say the N-word. And then he said, I said it and I say it again. I mean, and nothing happened. Nothing at all. And I predicted it on Monday morning. No chapter, no national organization of the NAACP, nothing, no one. This guy has streets and and schools and bridges and all kinds of stuff named after him. You never hear about his stuff coming down. But you hear about Washington and Lincoln and Jefferson and Franklin and then uh, Rizzo and Kate Smith. But the party of the KKK... No problem. The phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, boss. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you. Oh, I hope you had a great trip. Yeah, we did. Margie. We did. I, uh, Truth be told, I did a lot of work, but I'm not complaining. It's work that I felt I had to do. We were working on stories I just couldn't let go. 
I wasn't going to let the, the fish head story with Dredgy Wood go. Uh, the family that burned out of their home, I wasn't going to let that go. So we were very, very busy, but we got a lot of fun in at the same time. Actually, I actually like the way that it went because I do enjoy my work. So I got to have a lot of fun, but we did do, I probably worked about four hours a day uh, each of the five days that we were in Florida, but not complaining and not bragging, just citing uh, it went well. And I thought we did good work at the same time. Yeah, well, the reason why I am, I appreciate that. And I'm glad you had to do that. But uh, uh, the reason why I'm calling is I'm torn a little bit here. Um, I want to see how you can opine on this, if if you may, sir. Mm. Uh, Joe Biden, now, look, hate is a strong word. It's a very strong word. And I don't hate anybody. I'm very disappointed in Joe for all his dealings with his son and, you know, Ukraine, Russia, China, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Very, very, I I dislike him for that. But on the other hand, Harry, I, I feel very sorry for him. Yeah. Because I think that like, look, I'm fortunate to have great friends. I, I, I stumble through life with my friends that don't tell me if I'm screwing something up. Okay. Why is nobody around him telling him that, listen, Joe, you, you, you can't do this. His family, his friends, Joe, you, you, you're in over your head here, man. You, you, I just, you look at the guy and you know, he's cognitively, disabled. You know it. You just know it. If you're deaf, dumb, and blind, you'll know it. But I'm just saying, why does he not? I feel sorry that he doesn't have friends that can come to him and say, hey, Joe, no, buddy, no. Come on, man. Hmm. My friends would do that to me. They would do that to me. Well, here, here's me here, out, Harry. I, I love everything you said. I agree with everything that you said. Every honest person knows that what you just said is true. I have to say this, and, and it got somebody in a lot of trouble, but shame on Jill Biden because the person that loves you the most is your spouse. And there's no doubt in my mind, she loves him unconditionally, beautifully. And that she allows this is unbelievable to me. I forget who said it. It was a very famous female that said that, and she got her face kicked in for saying it, but everybody knows that that statement is true. I, I would own that statement if I had made it. I absolutely believe that. Secondly, the reason that this goes on is because there are greedy people that want power. They, they, they want power like you want to breathe air to keep living. They, they want it that bad and they want to trump out so bad that they would, they would prefer to have this sham going on and have power than not have power. And I will say this in addition to that. When you have a president that's all messed up and we have one right now, it's tremendous power for people like Ron Klain and and, uh, Susan Rice and, and Barack Obama and these other people that exercise very disproportionate amounts of power because of it. 
So these are the reasons it happens, Matt. They want to control. They want to keep control. He's the empty vessel that makes it possible. And this is how they justify it to themselves. And to the public, they pretend that everything's normal. Well, I get it, Harry. I mean, I just, it's a shame. I'm sad a little bit in a way, you know? That's all. It, I am too. It's 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 horrible. Uh, and it's, it's not going to end uh, in any way other than a free and fair election. And I'll tell you, the, the more that I study, Matt, if you haven't done it yet, it's on the internet. You can find it for free. If you don't find it, I'll send you the link. This Thousand Mules by Dinesh D'Souza. We interviewed him on Fox News. He's uh, when we filled in nationally for Brian Kilmeade. He's getting blackballed all over the media because he has video evidence. He has these mules packing these uh, remote satellite mailboxes, stuffing them with ballots. That's what Trump and, um, oh gosh, what was her name? Release the Kraken. Uh, oh my God. Sydney, uh. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. And Rudy Giuliani, that's what they all should have been talking about. Not those stupid machines and getting themselves all in trouble and sued and all this stuff. These people were stuffing ballots in key battleground states in particular, and they're on video doing it with rubber gloves on. Did I mailed my ballot. I mailed it in uh, Northfield the year before last. Last year I voted in Northfield at the machines with the new machines. But the year before, I voted uh, with a paper ballot, one ballot in my hand. Actually, there's a picture of it, of me voting. And I didn't have rubber gloves on because I was the only one that handled my ballot, and I sealed it, and I put it in. What are these people wearing rubber gloves for? What's that about, Matt? Well, that's, that's, now, there you go. You just nailed it. So that's, that's where Biden, whenever he says, how did Biden get all these votes? Look, some of them he got. Let's be honest. Democrats vote for the Democrat candidate most of the time. Ninety-some percent of the time, you'll have some crossover. Where he got over the top was with these voter changes, with no signature verification required, and some of these other changes that were strategically put in place by Democrats. That was the election. Now, you're not allowed to have that conversation because the media decided – that Stacey Abrams got cheated and Hillary Clinton got cheated, but you have to accept that Joe Biden legitimately won or you're a kook. Correct. Isn't it great? Now, you know, Mr. Trump, you know, Mr. Trump, yeah. you introduced me to Mr. Trump. Right. Okay. You did. Yeah. Very early. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's sitting in Miralago trying to figure out that very subject you just brought up. I think he's, he wants this to be more fair this time if he's going to run again. Well, you're and a listener, Matt. You're be- a listener of this show. Did I not for two years in the run-up to the election say President Trump is going to have to win by a very large disproportionate amount to overcome the cheating that's going to be taking place? That's exactly what happened. Trump won. I know he won. You're not going to be able to prove he won, though, because they throw stuff away. They don't cooperate. They call you a, a lunatic. You just can't. They, they make it impossible for you to prevail 
The other side, they don't have to prove anything. Stacey Abrams lost fair and square, and she's never conceded. Hillary Clinton lost fair and square. She never conceded. But Trump's a bad guy because he knows he got ripped off. And I was thinking about this in Disney World because we were in the Hall of Presidents, and they have Trump in the back, and there's Biden up front. And if anybody thinks Trump's in the back by accident, give me a break. So he's in the back there in the Hall of Presidents, and there's Biden as the president. And I'm thinking to myself, President Trump had his second consecutive. I didn't notice I didn't say a second term, his second consecutive term stolen from him. And there is an enormous story here that our Democrat media, because they are so corrupt, will not allow to be told, will not allow it to be furthered. They have no intellectual curiosity to find out. It's like the Hunter Biden laptop. No, it's it's fake. It's fake. Well, why is it fake? I remember at the time saying, wait a minute, why is that fake? It's not fake. The owner knows he left it there. And he was probably in some cocaine stupor and forgot he had it there. Or maybe he didn't have the money to uh, get it, bail out his, his laptop to pay for the repairs. Who knows? But only after the fact. After they win, oh, oh, it's it's it is it is legitimate. Oh, really? Did you bring back all those people you deplatformed? Do you apologize for being so wrong? How about the couple of polls that have been taken? I've got to go to the break, Matt. I got to go. How about the uh, couple of polls that were taken that if the American people knew that the Hunter Biden stuff was true and all these connections? to China, to Russia, to Ukraine, all these things that I think it was upwards to 20 percent of Biden's vote said they and it didn't have to be 20 percent would have not voted for him. But that truth was not allowed. John Devlin is here. He will join us right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour. Oh, there's a lot that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. A lot of Marty Small stuff because he's he's just been unhinged. We'll talk about that next with John. Ocean City Mayor Jay Gillian, we've written about him. We've written about the uh, likely divided city council that remains. Emergency exercise drills set for tomorrow at the Atlantic City International Airport. And good guy Kelsey Grammer returns to Atlantic City tomorrow and Saturday at Hard Rock, Sunday at Steel Pier. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. New Jersey is in bloom, and that means pollen levels are very high right now. Other than that, it looks like a pleasant springy weather day with mostly cloudy skies, 50s this morning, high of 66 this afternoon. Some sprinkles may creep in tonight with possible fog, low 57. Few rain showers tomorrow morning, then clouds and some sun, high of 70. More showers on Saturday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Here at Total Wine and More. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 38 minutes past the hour. Joining us now is John Devlin. He is a sitting member of the Atlantic City Board of Education, the longtime president of the Board of Education. He's the immediate past should still be, but the immediate past chairman of the Atlantic City Municipal Utilities Authority. 
until he ran into uh, Mad Marty Small, uh, and and then that all changed. And John is also a distinguished retired career police officer for the city of Atlantic City, and he joins us now. So, John, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Oh, I am well. I, as you know, I spent a busy uh, five days in Florida. My goodness, it was uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest here in Atlantic City. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is, you know, Rome, Rome's burning, and we have a madman behind the wheel. Uh, that's 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 what's going on. I don't know if anybody witnessed that press conference or not, but he was just really unhinged. i, I got to steal your word, Harry. He's an unhinged, un out of his mind, uh, loose cannon. And now, I didn't. I didn't waste my time. I didn't watch it. I'm not a faker. People know me. If I if I wanted to, I would have. Uh, but evidently, it was an obscure link or something because uh, I think the one area where Marty Small lucked out is not many people saw it uh, because from everybody that I've talked to, they said that the professionals did a good job. Uh, they had a bad case, in my opinion, but they did a good job, which you would expect. They're well-paid. They're well-educated. They're, you know, they're smart. Uh, they can speak words that, that sound one way when something really is altogether different. So, you know, they did their job. Then I understand Marty comes on, and it, and it was like, I don't know. If you saw the movie Network, the guy that sticks his head, he says, "Get your stick your head out the window and say, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. I mean, he was like that crazy guy in the um, soaking wet in the raincoat. Albert Finney, whoever, whoever played that role. Uh, I heard he was, that was the word that was shared with me, that he is unhinged right now. I think it's because he got caught. He thought he could hide behind the state but he thought wrong because the state, I think, finally got to the point where what are we going to take this beating for? We didn't we didn't care that Fish Heads was there. We didn't care. We, we weren't doing anything about this. And when that woman from the DEP came out and said we had nothing to do with this, removing Fish Heads and Dredgy Wood, 25 years business owner in Atlantic City, it was the city of Atlantic City that did it. That's when Small's House of Cards collapsed. Well, Harry, I want to take you back a little bit. Uh, this administration uh, that's in place now, unfortunately, has been lying for a good amount of time here. Uh, we can go back to, to Stockton. He had nothing to do with Stockton. Now all of a sudden you see Stockton going, transferring over to the city. You know, the boathouse going to the city. Uh, you know, I think he's just a multitude of lies. And people are catching on day by day, just like this, the district senator said, district two senator said, is that people are jumping on this, you know, get away from small bandwagon. Nobody wants to be around him. He's a liar. He's out of control. He's sweating profusely. He's full of venom. Listen, we're in charge of a billion dollar city, man. Act like it. Sweating. You can't take criticism. You're in the wrong job. Huh? He's in the wrong job. And, you know, he has his band of uh, collaborators, but I've seen this before. We've seen this before. We've talked about this. It's just a matter of time for the House of Cards. Let me guess, too. The, I don't know who the collaborators are because I pay them no mind, but they're probably paid collaborators at taxpayer expense, Absolutely. correct? Uh, very well-paid collaborators. <clears throat> and, um, you, know, you know, day by day, things like that get exposed, and um, there's more and more disgruntled people every time you turn around. And, and, and well, 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 
we'll, we'll all be in disgruntled the way he, they're treated and the way you're, you know, if you don't rubber stamp his agenda or agree with everything he says, well, you're in the outs. I mean, <clears throat> I think, uh, I think uh, Vince Palestina said it right. You know, every single day you're going to get, you know, more and more uh, support against the small administration. And, you know, um, you know, how have we seen this before? I, I keep repeating myself. He's, we've seen a rogue mayor in the past acting out. He thinks he has all the power in the world because, you know, he, he has some friends in, in New Jersey. I, I don't see it happen. I think you know, ultimate power corrupts ultimately. He's going down, man. Well, he's definitely not popular. And really, he's kind of the byproduct of if you win the Democratic line, you're going to win typically is, is what happens. Uh, when he lost it each time to Langford and to others, uh, he didn't win the um, the position. Uh, a video was sent to me yesterday that I found very interesting, and and it, I think it's it's worthy. I'll, maybe I'll play it later. Maybe I'll play it right after the break. I do I do have it right here on my phone. But a very enthusiastic Marty Small as president of City Council endorsing Don Guardian for mayor of Atlantic City. How about that? Oh, I remember. I remember that very well. I now, remember that. Democrat very well. endorsing a Republican. What? What if that? Ha- what if somebody did that? Now think about this. Let's just be honest about this, kids. If somebody did that today, and they they endorsed the white mayor or the white Republican candidate, a Democrat endorsed the white Republican mayoral candidate over the Democratic candidate. How do you think that would have gone over, John? Well, the bylaws are, are pretty strict on that, Harry. Uh, he should be removed from the Democratic uh, Committee and Democratic Party. It's it's, it's very clear. Um, and uh, it's been stated numerous times uh, by our chairman, uh, Mike Suleiman, um, that that's not going to be tolerated. And yet he gets away with it. I, I don't know. And, and let me take let's take a set, step back to you mentioned something about the election. He won that last election with the worst numbers, I want to say, in the history of Atlantic City. Everybody was complaining. Mike Solomon was complaining about the numbers. The state Democrats were complaining about the numbers. He didn't bring up the vote. He did terrible. And if somebody were to take action against him as far as a recall, they would have a pretty easy time right now because he just did not bring in the numbers. Yeah, it's a fair comment. Let's uh, go to the break. When we come back, we will share. I have it right here. It's queued up and ready to go. We will share the very enthusiastic endorsement. And and I, I'll tell you what, uh, he was right about that. He was wrong politically. But if you look at the difference between when Don Guardian was mayor of Atlantic City and what we see going on right now, oh, my gosh, it's 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 like a monster movie. It's 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 a it's a horror show. Streets are not clean. City has a lot of problems. And when Guardian was mayor, uh, say what you will, anyone make up lies, say what you will. But it was very, very different. It was more civilized. The town was clean. He was out and about. He was with public works employees when they were out and about in the very early morning hours. Uh, We will share a very enthusiastic endorsement coming up next with John Devlin. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's 
number one talk station. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. It is 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Visiting with John Devlin from Atlantic City. We're talking about Dateline Atlantic City issues. Now, this is interesting because you had a Democrat candidate who had defeated Marty Small for the mayoral nomination. uh, And Marty Small went with, um, with this guy instead. How you doing? I'm Marty Small, second ward councilman in the city of Atlantic City and council president. And I will be supporting and voting Don Guardian for mayor. Uh, Don and I fought the state during this most tumultuous time in the history of the city. We stood shoulder to shoulder, side by side, and took on a special interest that wanted to take over Atlantic City, while others found it convenient to lay low for political gain. Um, as I stated during the time of the state takeover, this is not about a black or white issue. It's not about a Republican and Democrat issue. This isn't an issue of social economic status. This is an Atlantic City issue. And I believe in Atlantic City, and I'm going to always do right by the people of Atlantic City. So I'm encouraging all my friends, family, supporters, and voters from the June primary to join me in re-electing Don Guardian as mayor. So remember when you don't want Marty Small in a couple of years because I, I have the demarcation line. Marty Small, when he was on a short leash and had to run all those times within a very short period of time, kept it in check, was civilized, was uniter, uh, not the divider that he has become. That John, doesn't that sound like somebody who used to exist that no longer exists? <clears throat> It surely does. Uh, you know, I don't even know who this guy is, the way he acts now. Now he's just, screaming, he's he's snorting and spitting out his mouth as he's yelling. I mean, what what happened? What what happened here? Dropping the mic, walking off the stage without taking questions. He's 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 very venomous. There's something maybe something going on with him. I I don't know. He's definitely Again, a loose cannon, you know, there's a very powerful man. He's got a lot of power underneath him, and he's been yielding it the wrong way. And we'll take fish heads, for example. Look how that whole situation was handled. You know, he took his power, used the police tow lot to tow it. Uh, you know, the list goes on. He, he just uses his authority, abuses his authority to hurt people. And that's a bad combination, Harry. And, and you know, we've seen this before. Well, there's no there's no question about it. And and it's even though the, the state is overseeing and to some extent overseeing the Board of Education, it, it all seems very unchecked, almost like they're just going along. Like, for example, the state didn't want to take the rap for kicking out the last African-American business in Gardner's Basin. So they 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 really stuck it to Marty at the end of that. That's why he came out with that uh, lame final, final, whatever it was called, um, appearance. He should have left it alone because it was just like the uh, Stockton thing. He came out and called me a liar, but then I, I jammed the, uh, the, the, the letter down his throat with the, um, 
admission of the Board of Education that we are going to be using the boathouse more. So Stockton, please leave as soon as possible. Now, you're a school board member. Did I lie about any of that, John? No, sir. No, we, you did not. We told the absolute truth. They put Stockton out. Stockton had a new home five minutes later, not even. Uh, big loss for Atlantic City. I think it's a net-net gain because the dysfunctionality is just so bad. Stockton is better off. It's a shame that investing $270 million in Atlantic City like Stockton University has done that they would be treated like this. But they have a much better home in Brigantine. It's stable. You've got normal people. You don't have these lunatics that want to use the facility for their own private club. Let's be honest, John. Isn't that what this is about? Don't they want the boathouse for some private club of sorts? And Stockton was just in the way, inconvenient and in the way. And, John, you're on the Board of Education. I don't want to put you on the spot, but please explain, because I don't have an answer yet from anyone on this. How did Stock, How did the Board of Education go from the Barry Caldwell letter of Stockton, get out as soon as possible, we need to use the boathouse more, to the Board of Education turning over the boathouse to Marty Small. Can somebody, can somebody, you, John, can you explain that? Well, you know, if we could explain it, Harry, we'd be millionaires. I couldn't. And, you know, this goes back a couple of years now when Barry was in, and I was council, I was a president at the time. He was in negotiations with Stockton for a building trade, you know, from the Carnegie to the, for the boathouse. That was never discussed. Everything that's done, there's no transparency, and it's continuing. You know, there's things going on now in the district. There's no communication. Uh, we, I did have one phone call by the superintendent now, and that phone call was a lie. She said she was in negotiations with Stockton, yet there's a letter out there telling Stockton you're out and that the city's taken over the building. I mean, this whole thing is built on a lie, and, you know, it keeps going back. The fingers keep going pointing back to the administration. Every time they open their mouth, a lie spill out, and it's catching up with them. So you're on the Board of Education, and you do not even know why the Board of Education is giving the city of Atlantic City the boathouse. I, I mean, I have it in, in writing. I published it because everything everything we say is true, but we keep being called a liar. Uh, the truth is now a lie, so we put the actual board agenda, circled it with, in red with the, that they were – transferring ownership of the boathouse to the city of Atlantic City. That is indeed either in the works or it's happened or it's, it's it was something they wanted to do or is doing it, but you you don't know why they don't talk about these things? No, not at all. <clears throat> we are not made aware of it. A councilman made me aware of it. Uh, well, I think cigars have a lot to do with that boathouse and, and certain activities that are more important than what the building is supposed to be used for. I, I just, this is what I'm told, John. I'm told it's a clubhouse, uh, and all I know is Stockton is out. They couldn't have been better students. They bought all those ergometers. They made all kinds of repairs. They did all kinds of good things, uh, but they can't stay because we're going to be using it so much. What did it take? I don't even remember. Uh, two weeks to create that phony schedule to make it look like at least it was being used and it wasn't it was mostly being used for non rowing purposes uh and then five minutes later i'm exaggerating but it was only a month or so later it's we're giving the the property away to the city of atlantic city i mean come on 
It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on here, John. I read the agenda for the building use of the boathouse. As a matter of fact, I read it off your, your Facebook. There's nothing to do with schools or children in any of the uh, events that they're having in the next two or three months. So I'm, I'm confused. As a matter of fact, I think the majority of what it was used for is a fraternity meeting and organizations that Mr. Caldwell and others and other board members and other um, elected officials are a part of uh, utilizing that building. Uh, that's fine. But if we're going to give a building away because uh, we I, I just don't get the whole concept. I, now we're giving the building away. We want to utilize it more for children, yet we don't. And now we're giving it away. <laughs> I can't even make that up. It's crazy. And the backbone, the bottom line is Marty Small is behind it. 100 percent. He wants that. The question that keeps being asked of me when I write these articles or we speak about it here on air, do those groups that come in to use the boathouse, for example, do they indemnify the city? Do they have an insurance policy uh, naming the city of Atlantic City? Do, do, do any of these things happen or do they literally just do whatever they want with their private club? It seems as though they're doing whatever they want, Harry. Uh, you know, you're supposed to get a certificate of insurance. You're supposed to pay for maintenance. You're supposed to pay for security. That's a given. If you're going to have a um, a baby shower there, Harry, which is fine, you still have to have a certificate of insurance. You have to pay for a janitor or maintenance the crew to come in and clean up afterwards. That's just protocol. If you look on that agenda... You know, I didn't even see them paying a building use fee out, let alone maintenance fee, a security fee, and what have you. You know, we still have to have employees open the building and lock the building. We have security. We're down to 20 seconds, John. I just want to make a quick, quick closing comment. It is, it is as though, the appearance to me is that it is as though this is not even public business, that this is public people that do these things as though it is their own personal property. It sure seems like that, doesn't it, Harry? It does, until until proven otherwise. I mean, I look at it and I hear things and I I, I don't know how else to uh, to take it. John, thanks for a great visit. Be well. Always a pleasure. Thanks, my, Harry. My honor. I think John Zarek, live from Poland, next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and this is going to be, in my estimation, I don't want to overstate things. I, I really try to never do that. I try to mean what I say and say what I mean and that it holds up. If I say something in advance, that it holds up once you've listened to it. Uh, I'm very proud of John Zarek uh, from the very beginning of Russia's aggression and their unprovoked war with Ukraine. John has said to me on a number of occasions that he would love to go there and help out in any way that he can or be nearby any way 
that he can. And John is is a man of his word. He he has been there. We left on Thursday of last week. I believe John left. We left Friday, actually. We were here on air. John left, I believe, Thursday night late of last week. And this is the first time we're speaking with John since right before he left for Poland. And he's still there now. He joins us live from Poland. John, welcome to your program. This is the Law Offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek, uh, the the Polish edition. John, time is yours. Yeah. yeah. Well, glad I could get on with you today, Harry. Um, you know, everything is touch and go here in this environment. So uh, what we have is, um, I mean, the story really is the people. Uh, it, it's just thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people uh, coming across the border, not in a disorganized way. I mean, they're, they're coming in legally, uh, but they're coming in in really great numbers uh, from Ukraine. And the overwhelming number of people are women with children. So uh, the draft age now has been increased. So in, in, which means you can't leave the country. You know, you draft age has been increased from um, eighteen year old, eighteen years old to sixty five years old. So you could be sixty three years old and you're in the army now. Um, and they just did. They just, you know, they need to do that because they have no choice but to fight. And if they don't have the people, they can't fight. So. Um, that's, that's really what's going on. So you have people, uh, women and children just coming across the border. So the, the way that happens, and I'm sure a lot of people are interested in, in to know the details of that. Um, and I'm, I apologize if there's background or distraction because I'm in a somewhat unstable environment right now, but, um, the the actual border um, is you know there there are a few different towns where you know on you step one side of the line you're in Poland you step another side of the line you're in Ukraine so those actual places have border crossings and um, so one of the biggest ones is closest to um, Shemish, and that's that's for Americans. That's pronounced. That's that's spelled like P R E M Y S Y L. So it's like Premsil, uh, and it's in that's in the paper from time to time. So a couple of miles from away from Shemish, also known as Premsil, uh, are. Um, you know, just just regular old border. You know, like like the guard post, um, the train tracks running through those guard posts, and um, there's this whole city built up, and there are aid people, there are religious people, there are all kinds of um, you know the various agencies. The Jewish agencies are here strongly. Uh, Israel doesn't actively support the military aspect of the war because I guess because of their political issues with uh, Syria and Russia right next door. 
and the Russians right next door, but uh, there are Israeli groups, there are um, American um, religious groups, there are anything you can think of, anyone who could get people together to come, they've come. And there's a, a whole city of, of tents and so forth right at the border. So when these people come across, um, if they're, they can be transported to the border in, in Ukraine, uh, they can walk there, they can drive there, but they're, you know, they're walking. Ultimately, many people are walking across the border. They're, they're, you know, they walk down a, um, you know, it's very, very sad, um, looking scene. You know, they're, they're, they're on the road forever. They're beaten down and they're, they come walking across the border and, and walking down like a corridor with all these age aid people on the side. And uh, so we've met people from Mark and I, my brother have met people from all over the world really who are there to help. Um, they need transportation from there. We've taken a lot of people from there. A lot of those mothers and children, um, typically they will go to a place called Tesco, which is a, processing center, a big processing center, um, has everything, uh, that is needed food, medical care, but it's like a, a giant convention hall with, uh, big, big, big rooms. And what they'll, you know, will say, pick these people up at the border. And, um, once they kind of walk to a place where you can get to a car and these families will just they'll stack up there if they don't have help. If it, if someone doesn't say, Hey, we're, we're here to help you and we'll take you wherever you need to go. Then they'll sit there and they'll sit there all day, you know, or all day and night really. So it's, if you, if you're available to, to take people, they're very happy, very grateful. And, um, it's very effective for them because it gets them to where, where they need to go quickly and lessens their suffer, suffering a great deal. So, um, so they can go from the border to, um, Tesco, which is, uh, the God knows, I don't know what Tesco means. I don't know what it stands for, but that's the place everybody knows where you go. And so you go from the border to there and, um, that is um, a few miles away. John, hang in there. We're going to get our first break in. We're going to have John for as long as John can stay. Uh, John talked about earlier, maybe half his program. If John has more time, uh, he, he's welcome the entire hour. Uh, it's 15 minutes past the hour. It's, uh, let's see, it's six hours later, John's time. So it's, I guess, 3.15 p.m. for uh, well, no, 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 hold on. 2.15 p.m. for John in Poland right now. Extraordinary, John. Much more when we come back in just a moment. Don't go away. With John Zarek, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1.00. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
We are back. It is 18 minutes past the hour. John Zarek live from Poland, which by the map is geographically directly next. They connect. Poland connects to Ukraine. It's why you hear so much about all the things that, that are happening, how Poland is helping, how Poland wanted to scramble MiGs. They wanted to do all of this. Uh, they were stopped from doing some of the things they wanted to do, actually, where they could have even been more helpful. So, John, before you go back to your narrative, what is this experience like being so close to an actual war while it's going on? I think it helps you understand what war means. I mean, which is, I mean, we hear it all the time, but I don't think it sinks in very well. It's its just utter misery for um, mostly women and children and old people. That's really what it's about. Mm. It's totally totally miserable experience and john i'm sure you've met people and you've heard from people while you're there they don't know if their husbands their fathers if they're alive or what's going on or anything it's it's really scary stuff isn't it yeah it's 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 terrible it's as bad as you can think it would be um you know it's it's you're not, the, you know, it's, it's, you're not them. So I can't say that we would feel anywhere near what the uh, refugees feel. But, you know, when you have, let's say you spend 20 hours with transporting and, you know, I'm talking about people that are shell-shocked I and mean, they, they just are, they have a blank stare. They don't know where they're going, what the next thing is. And, um, you, you know, do a day of that. And then you'll see that that's what war is. War is these people don't ever know whether they'll see their, in fact, some of them, some are dead already. You know, they don't know whether they'll see their fathers, their grandfathers, their sons, their brothers, sisters, husbands, their kids, you know, because, you know, you've got kids 18 years old uh, that have to go, but, you know, you, then you, ha you always have that, you know, those 15, 16, 17-year-olds that, you know, want to fight. And so, you know, these are um, the little kids and the, the mothers and, and little kids that are just, you know, just lost. I mean, you imagine what it'd be like if you'd have to left, leave your family and never, never know whether you'd see them again. So that's really what we're dealing with here. So Yeah, I know you, you had expectations when you were going. So you're flying to Poland. How long was the flight, by the way? Um, about eight and a half hours, something like that. And... You, I'm sure you had expectations, sort of what you thought might be going on. What, when you actually saw on the ground, how, do, how does that describe with what you had imagined? Well, uh, well, you can know what you're going to find ahead of time. You can, you can know you're going to be someplace and there are going to be lots of there. As I said, unstable environments. So I hope that doesn't interfere too much in the background. No, you're but fine. 
if you if you have um, people, uh, you know, you want to find people who need help and need transportation and so forth. And and um, yeah, yeah, you find those people, but the the impact the impact that that you have uh, or that you experience when you are with those people is you know pretty indescribable because you can't you can't understand what you can't understand what they're feeling i guess until you see them feel it so to speak and that's uh, you know it's pretty painful i mean I don't, I don't think i don't think anybody who's doing the work ever will forget that you know like the, the general sense of misery that's here so, John, in terms, I know, I know you, you know, you're, you're really keeping your, uh, your wits about you with, with everything that's going on in the background. So I appreciate the opportunity to interview you this morning on your show. Live from Poland, it's John Zarek, and Poland is right next store to Ukraine. So obviously they are so materially important in terms of aid, in terms of where millions of uh, people are immigrating right now to uh to Poland from Ukraine, and John shared some news that I was not familiar with. I knew there were age limits during the war. If you were of a certain age and a male, you could leave. Now, John explained how that has changed. You can see the gravity of the war effort and and the fighting and all of that. Uh, how how would you describe what can be done from where you are to aid what's happening next door? Well, there's uh, there are a number of networks, and um, I'm very familiar with uh, a couple of those networks where um, people donate money and lease or buy vehicles. Um, in fact, in the network that I've been working with, uh, the uh, a couple vehicles were purchased yesterday because of private donors in um, the states, uh, New York, New Jersey area, actually. And then uh, money's raised to buy, you know, essential things. And, you know, by this time, the people doing it, and they're mostly young people, are people who really know what's needed. You know, what particular goods are crucial and you know what kind of foods last the longest give the most impact the most calories in some state uh, cases and uh, they'll put it together and um, you know drivers will drive that stuff to um, Lviv to Kiev to Kharkiv to Mariupol to um, you know, to Odessa, um, wherever it's needed. So there, you know, the the crew that I'm very familiar with and been working with a lot. Um, yeah, they're they're they, that that was the thing that surprised me the most. Uh, you know, when I got here, not only they're transporting on the border, but there are people that are, you know, they're if somebody's if 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 food or something not weapons but if food or or supplies are necessary in um uh, 
you know, Odessa safe today to pick one not completely in, embroiled in fighting. Um, they'll, within a day, they'll get it together and go to Odessa. So, you know, it's um, that hesitation. And then pick up people there, um, whoever needs to come back. And obviously there are going to be people that are sick, wounded, uh, you know, um, homeless, whatever. And they'll pack them up and, and drive them back here, deliver them at the border. Um, others will take them to uh, Tesco, the processing center in Chemish, and uh, and uh, they'll then be on their ways to other places within Poland, you know. When, when you decided to go... Um we had, a, we had a moment or so to talk about it. We talked about it a little bit on your show a week ago, exactly a week ago today, that you would be going. Uh, why was this important to you, and, and what is your experience like being there? Yeah, I, you know, it's hard to say why it's important. I, I mean, my, my relatives... Uh, came from here. My grandparents came from this area 110 years ago. So uh, they were kids. And, uh, you know, that's, for some reason, that seems uh, important to me that, you know, like it, it gives gives us, uh, Mark and I, a sense of connection that maybe others wouldn't have. Is this, John, the first time you've ever been in Poland? It is, Yeah. So for that in the family tree, 110 years ago, your grandparents, but then at the same time, uh, just the humanity of it all is uh, profound, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and also Poland's under threat. I mean, severe threat. Sure. So, um, but as, as I explained, I think I sent you a, a photo of uh, some troopers from the 82nd Airborne Um Actually, as of now, with them here, there is no threat. Wow. You know, um, they are absolutely lethal. They're well-armed. They're well-trained. Uh, wherever they are, the Russians won't be, I guarantee you. Wow. you know, that's, that's the way it is. So, so, you know, so everyone has that sense of, well, the Russians are right, right across the border, and there's, you know, this could be a dangerous situation but once you once you see these troopers these young troopers then you realize you don't have to worry about that anymore hey john let me ask you a question we we have this halftime break that i've got to go to do you still are you still good with time or what what's your pleasure uh i'm running yeah i think i'm gonna have to uh um Start next week. Okay, yeah. I understand. I restart next week because because it's getting a little crazy right now. All right, well, keep in touch and stay safe. Yeah. So when I get home, we'll talk about how to do it. Okay. Um, how to get involved. There's plenty of ways to help. Sounds good, Thanks, John. Harry. Thank you. Be well. Be safe. John Zarek, live from Poland. How about that? And he sounded, there's a little delay, so we each, we're, we're good at this, so we, we, we know. There's a tiny little delay. Not much more delay, though, than you have when you're on hold. Uh, wow. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. Uh, that 
was extraordinary. Listening to John live from Poland next door to a raging war unprovoked by a maniacal communist dictator just because he can or thinks he can. And, and, and evidently, all that you're hearing about Putin's health, I mean, oh, my gosh, I saw a picture of him with his blankie on his lap. Nobody else was wearing a bl- had a blanket on them. Uh, he's not well. You can tell. You can see it. And they, they, there's a cancer doctor that's with him, I believe, all the time. So my concern is I think Putin has a limited amount of time. And that's why also this haste and this race that's going on right now he wants to get it done before he dies i really believe that i think we're going to hear that truth at some point we'll be back if you want to jump in it is i had to treat it like john could stay the whole hour but pretty much he told me that he would be here for about the first half hour so if you want to jump in 609-407-1450 coming up Right after the 9 o'clock break, Ocean City Councilman Tom Rotundi. And if you want to get a head start on that interview, go to the WPG Talk Radio app or to WPGTalkRadio.com and check out the article that we posted, oh, I guess it was about three and a half hours ago, uh, all about Ocean City, all about Rotundi, all about Gillian winning a fourth term, dirty tricks, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Check it out, and we'll visit with the councilman who remains a councilman, and he ran for another council seat. It's wild, uh, and is right now about 48 or so votes short of winning a second seat. He still remains on city council no matter how this count goes, but he has not conceded the race, and we'll be talking about that coming up in about a half an hour. Don't go away. It is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG. Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Check in. Next. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Ocean City Mayor Jay Gillian will likely face a divided city council. We have the story and we'll be interviewing one of the councilmen coming up in less than a half an hour. Emergency exercise drills set for tomorrow at Atlantic City International Airport. We have the details on the app. And Kelsey Grammer, good guy, returns to Atlantic City tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. The number of... From the Townsport, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Winds along the coast occasionally gusting over 20 miles an hour this morning, much lighter though than the last six days, and west of the parkway, things are calm. Should be a nice spring day, mostly cloudy and dry, high of 66 degrees. Tonight, a chance of sprinkles and some fog, low only falls to 57. Tomorrow morning, a few rain showers, then clouds and some sun, high reaching for 70. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Now is the early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. It's been a great morning so far and a lot more important content straight ahead in the remainder of today's program. I'm going to talk a little bit about Ocean City right now. If you want to jump in, 609-407-1450. We have an open phone line. Then we'll talk more Ocean City. This way I can set the stage for what's going to be happening at uh, five minutes or six minutes or so past the top of the next hour with Ocean City Councilman Tom Rotundi. Ocean City Mayor Jay Gillian has won an impressive fourth consecutive term as mayor of Ocean City. His father, Roy Gillian, preceded him and was a great mayor of Ocean City from 1985 until 1989. He left office on his own terms after serving just one term. He would have been able to win uh, I believe he would have been able to win again and again and again. And Jay's a great guy and has done a good job, uh, but make no mistake about it, uh, his first time when he was elected, he's Roy Gillian's boy. And that's how that's how he did it. Let's just, let's just be honest about that. But he is a really good guy, and he's done a good job. Loc- uh, longtime city councilman Keith Hartzell ran a strong campaign, losing a relatively close election to Jay Gillian by a margin of 54 to 46 percent of the vote at this time. And I I think they're still counting some votes or whatever. But 2,299 to 1,893 is the vote total uh, that I last saw uh, from Cape May County uh, numbers from the uh, county clerk numbers in Cape May County. What remains to be seen, will the Ocean City Council be a divided city council? It's a seven-member legislative body with three members uh, who are very fiercely aligned with Mayor Gillian. They ran with him, Karen Bergman, Pete Madden, and newcomer John, and I I guess it's Paulsini, but I've never heard of him. Uh, Pete Madden, though, he is... In the final of three seats that win the election, the city council side of the election, and it's a squeaker. It's 48 votes between Madden and our guest coming up next half hour, Tom Rotundi. Now, Tom, who's been on the program before, but I think it's been a while. A few years ago, Tom was on, maybe pre-pandemic, actually, but he's a straight talker, straight shooter, and... He purposely ran when his term wasn't even up. He ran for the at-large seat. And it's still in doubt he hasn't conceded, but he trails narrowly 48 votes behind Pete Madden, who also is an incumbent at the moment. Then you take three additional other incumbents, Bobby Barr, who's who's a good friend and a great guy, Tom Rotundi and Jody Levchuk, they all supported Keith Hartzell. So that's three and three out of, out of seven at six. And by the way, you can't blame Rotundi if he has some pretty hard feelings going forward. And we're going to ask him about that because an anonymous flyer negative was distributed during the campaign that challenged Rotundi's public service career as a corrections officer. I don't like it when people do that. I think that's garbage. And especially... The flyers contain provably false allegations, which have been admitted even by the person that distributed the flyers. 
we will not re-victimize Rotundi by repeating the false allegations here. If Tom wants to talk about it, that'll be on him. I didn't write about it. I just wrote that there were these false allegations. In electoral politics, this is the kind of dirty tricks, though, and the tactics that can have lasting implications going forward. Rotundi was already a member of the city council when he ran for the new term. Even with the dirty tricks, Rotundi only missed, at this point, taking Madden's seat away from him by about 50 votes. I think it's 48. However, Rotundi still remains on city council regardless. Had Rotundi won, or if he does win, a second seat, he then has to choose. He can keep the seat he has, or he resigns the seat he has, and he takes the at-large seat, which no doubt I would imagine he would do because it's a new, fresh term, which then creates either way a vacancy on city council, either for the ward seat or for the at-large seat, and I'm sure it would be for the ward seat. If Rotundi had pulled off the win, he also would have taken out a staunch Gillian ally in Madden right off of city council, which I presume is part of the uh, the desire there, but we'll ask the, the, uh, the councilman when we visit shortly. It was an interesting political maneuver by Rotundi. It almost worked, may still. Was the negative flyer the difference? I definitely want to pose that question to Councilman Rotundi. Gillian has stated that he had no involvement with this dirty tactic whatsoever. Rotundi is not an open Gillian hater that I know of, but he has demonstrated a more independent philosophy of governance, which means his vote is not assured. It's not guaranteed to anyone. Only time will tell, but the early signals following last Tuesday's nonpartisan elections yield that although Gillian won his fourth consecutive term and all three of his council candidates appear to have won, one is still in doubt, Gillian will hold no better than a four to three working majority on city council, uh, according to my math. Could the late dirty campaign flyer have cost Rotundi a swing of 25 votes versus Madden for the third open at large council seat? Well, sure, it could have been the difference. That's the whole reason the dirty tricks have played a part since the beginning of our republic in elections. These tactics do not come without risk. Never underestimate the potential damage that can linger when dirty campaign tactics are employed and the victim still remains on the governing body, which is the case with Rotundi. With a split city council... Things should be interesting in Ocean City going forward. There was nearly a 45% voter turnout on Election Day. That's about 1,000 more votes than the most recent past election. Do not expect things to be politically quiet in America's favorite family resort. When we come back in just a couple of minutes, you will be the next caller. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. It is 51 minutes past the hour. If you get a moment, I was going to say do me a favor, but actually just check it out for yourself. Right now, it's the first story at WPGTalkRadio.com. Not the Chiron at the top with the lead uh, dynamic um, five articles, um, but it's placed in the order that it's uh, been written, and it's my latest piece. It's, so it's the first story right now left 
of the the um, latest posts at WPGTalkRadio.com or WPG Talk Radio app. And it's titled, Three New Jersey Students Receive United States Presidential Scholars Award. Now, to put this in perspective, there'll be 37.5 million high school graduates this some graduate sooner. I was going to say this June, but some actually down south because of the heat and different reasons they graduate even sooner. But we'll say this spring, this summer, 37.5 million high school graduates, only 5,000 students out of 37.5 million qualify to even be considered to meet the standard for this award. Check out the piece and the three New Jersey students that are getting this incredible off the top of my head. One is from Eastbrook high school, East Brunswick high school. One is from Marlboro high school. And forgive me, I forget the third, um, but it's there. And as the art for the, the article, I couldn't resist. This is a Stockton university photo, which we've been given permission to, to print. And it is so majestic. It is so beautiful check it out it's of their graduation commencement ceremony it is beautiful and what a um what a grand occasion to get to use that wonderful photo for three new jersey students that have received this u.s presidential scholars award i think it's fantastic and when you see what they have to achieve in order to get it oh my gosh it's it's remarkable commitment to excellence Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Need to breach protocol, Ace Man. It's the Flash again. All right, Flash. Yes. Um, Lab- All right, cool. Um, yeah. Lavrov had uh, said something very clever. He said, um, imagine Palestine. He doesn't say Israel. He says Palestine. Imagine Iraq. He imagined Afghanistan. And he said, think of America. And then think about Russia and Ukraine. Very clever. However, you know, what he doesn't mention is that uh, Putin invaded a sovereign country. That would be like, uh, we have a corrupt government here, too. So that would be like Canada invading America, and it's okay. Now, it's not okay what he did at all. And I take note, he says Palestine, you know, because he's forming an alliance with uh, Islamic countries. I'm not picking on Islam, but all those, actually, it was Russia and Ukraine that were competing uh, as far as exporting uh, grain and meat and dairy and natural gas and crude. But now it's Russia because, you know, Ukraine's a mess at this point. But take note, if you go to um, Ezekiel 38, it says, And I'll, put, I'll turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaw, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach, Moscow, and Tubal, Tobolsk, Persia, which is Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya, well, go figure, will be with them, and all of them with shield and buckler. Gomer and all his bands in the house of Togerma, that's Turkey. So take note, all these, tur- like, the, I mean, Turkey gets like 50 billion uh, kilograms of natural gas from Russia. So these countries are dependent on Russia for food and fuel. So if you can't see the end times opening up right before your eyes, then think again. Thanks. Flash, you're all right. Thank you. Um, end of days, it's called. And uh, I talked to friends of mine a lot about this. I mean, Look at it all. It's it's like staring you in the face. Sure seems like it. If it's not, it bears a striking resemblance. It's just awful in so many ways. There's so many things that are going on that, that shouldn't be.
Here's one, for example, and you can bring this to the national level as well, and it's basically the same, the same deal. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, and I can promise you, if any Democrat governor of, of uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia ever asked for additional protection because of an obvious demonstrated issue, they would get it. Not Glenn Youngkin. He's turned down for a security perimeter for the justices in their Supreme Court. You know, protesting, this is not a game of fiery but mostly peaceful protests. We can't get in that business ever again where the Democrat media calls absolute criminal activity protest. And then you have these hideous members like Ilan Omar and the rest of the, the squad and some of these other radicals. They think it's just fine that people are out front of the homes of the Supreme Court justices in the United States. And that that's protesting when they're harassing and violating a myriad of laws in the process. Governor Yunkin asked for a security perimeter around the homes of the Supreme Court justices of the Commonwealth of Virginia. The chairman, oh, Democrat, what a surprise. The chairman of the Fairfax County Board of Supervisors basically said, not on my watch. You believe that? This is where we're at now. So what, what can you say? Do they want to get somebody killed? Is that what you want? You don't want to protect where there's a legitimate threat? It reminds me of a prosecutor long ago in this state whose name shall not be mentioned. It's not about who it was. It's about what they, how they, how they think. Someone had a legitimate threat placed on their life. They wanted to get the right to conceal carry. And the prosecutor said no. That, that shouldn't be denied in any city, any county, any state in this country. What are you going to get? A piece of paper? That, that piece of paper that, that uh, is going to keep somebody away? Ooh, they're so afraid. That restraining order, that, that's, that's really going to be helpful. Go get a strongly worded letter to the White Star Line. We are in the midst and living in incredible times, and I don't mean incredible in a positive sense. My opening comment this morning was, in Biden's America, you can't even get baby formula right now. You think you're getting it. You order it, and then you get your order canceled or your order substantially delayed. I saw a mom yesterday morning uh, just completely beside herself. She had a week and a half left of baby formula and she doesn't know what she's going to do after that i mean we just have one i believe avoidable crisis after another all of them preventable and of course we have a president who blames king maga and ultra maga and putin as though that's the reason why this country is so destabilized the supply chain broken everything broken 
Dateline Ocean City next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Uh, If you haven't visited yet, WPGTalkRadio.com, or most people go right from the app, the WPG Talk Radio app. We have extensive coverage about the Ocean City elections, both for mayor and for city council. The mayor's race was close, and the council race was even closer. Joining us now on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline is Ocean City Councilman. And regardless of what happens with this at-large race, where currently... Madden sits in third position, 48 votes behind, uh, at least as of very early this morning. It was 48-ish votes. Councilman Rotundi, who who remains on city council regardless. So if he pulls this out, then he's got two seats. And, of course, that is remedied one of two ways. He he doesn't take the at-large seat and you have an opening, or he resigns from his ward seat and then is sworn in to the at-large seat, which is what I would imagine he would do. But he's he's here and he can speak for himself. He joins us now. Councilman Rotundi, very interesting times in Ocean City, it seems. Yeah, it is, Harry. Um, first, obviously, thank you for letting me uh, come on the show today and, and have this conversation with you. Sure. Um, it's The election's pretty interesting, right? It's, yeah. a, it's an opportunity for um, the people to speak and, and let their voices be heard. And what we heard was 50% of the people like what Jay and his team are doing and 50% of the people, you know, are in disagreement. Um, and It's kind of like our country, isn't it? I mean, it seems like a lot of places are split right down the middle. But here's the difference between the country and Ocean City. Okay. We have an opportunity to pull the two structures together, right, mm-hmm. through good communication, um, from, you know, the administration to the council. And I think that's what the voters are telling us is to come together. I mean, it's easy to vote on the yes stuff, the everyday stuff, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, to the, to the mundane, to the things we have to say yes to, but on the big things in the past, in the past few years, we've, we've had some disagreements and communication hasn't always been great behind the scenes. And if it yeah. spills out into the dais. Well, that's the thing. And let me ask you, cause I know, you know, you, you don't, pretend to be anything other than a man you don't pretend to be uh immortal or some god or something so you have feelings how does it feel you lose a narrow race your your situation is unique you're already on city council you will remain on city council so this was just an opportunity uh to explore um i i'm presuming we didn't talk about it uh in advance but i follow this stuff i i imagine that was a strategic uh, move on your part to take out uh, a, a certain member that was, I don't even think it was personal against the member, but maybe to change the math on the city council. Uh, or you just decided, hey, I want to run at large while I still have time on my term. So there's a reason you did that. And then during that campaign, and, and by the way, I've heard, I've heard of people doing this. Uh, it usually doesn't happen for them 
But I have seen it work. I have seen people pull it off. You have not conceded this. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. It's very, very close. Out of thousands of votes, it's down to uh, a 48 or so vote difference. But during that campaign, and I don't go for this kind of thing, anonymous flyers were distributed uh, having provably false allegations in them. Do you feel that that could have made the difference between a 24 or 25 vote swing between you and Madden? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, politics, um, unfortunately, since the dawn of time has been dirty. I think, you know, I think it was Thomas Jefferson and Adams who had a very hilarious back and forth and one wrote something about the other. So unfortunately, these type of politics, I didn't think would come to Ocean City. And the way it played out was actually in my favor. Right. So, you know, my, so you I, think there was a backlash to the negative attack? Well, the backlash was that it propelled my name further into the community and people could understand and hear my message, which I think actually made me come closer to um, anybody besides Keith Hartzell in beating, um, you know, Jay's team. You well, you, I mean, well, you were closer than him. He was that that's an incorrect statement you made. You were the closest to actually beating one of Jay Gillian's team, not uh, not not Keith. Keith was close. You were much closer. Yeah, and so this is what and this is the strategic thing that I've learned out of this, right, is that people heard what I said for the last two years, and they like it. And not only that, when I ran the first time, I was unopposed, so I, I didn't get the opportunity to learn the things that I could have learned, who was on my side, where stood and getting in the dirt and and now i know that there's strategic families that reached out to me and this is why i ran in the first place there were strategic families around the island that said hey i really think you would be good at representing the entire island and so i took the opportunity um and i learned who was really out there and who uh would really fight for me and there's some pretty blue blood grassroots ocean city people who agreed with what i was doing um but here it is here's the opportunity for you know myself the independent members of council to come together with Jay and his team and realize that it's no longer from top down where, you know, the mayor for a long time had a very good organization and, and what he said went and, you know, that's okay. But now when someone says, hey, I don't think this is a good idea, this is an opportunity for us to communicate and come together how Ocean City wants us. Jay preached unity in the community and I think the community is divided. And if we take this opportunity to really have open, honest, transparent communication from his team and from the independent people on council, I think you're going to have a beautiful government here in Ocean City. If, if it's not, I mean, we're going to continue on the path we've been where we just fight in public and people get upset and, and then you know, we can go that way. Councilman, let me jump in real quick, just for a quick reset. Those just joining us, you're listening to Ocean City sitting councilman Tom Rotundi. He ran, he is a ward councilman. He ran for an at-large seat. There were three seats open in the in last Tuesday's election. The nonpartisan elections uh, are in May. If you're wondering, hey, what's going on? What's this happening in May? Ventner has it that way. Margate has it that way. Forever, Brigantine had it that way. They switched to the mayor council form of government, so now they participate in the partisan uh, time frame. But the May off elections are very unique. Uh, they're very interesting, typically. Uh, so when you don't have the um, people running as Republicans or Democrats in a partisan-type format, 
you you have the option under state law to form under there's these different acts the Faulkner Act and these different acts where you can form and have may a general election if you will obviously no primary so you have one type of general election if you will it's not exactly that but it's one final election and there were three openings for the council seats at large and the mayor and it wound up extraordinarily close between Tom Rotundi and uh, Councilman Madden, uh, who right now is up by 48 votes. Now, it's my understanding, since I wrote my article about a half hour after I wrote it, a friend called me and said, Harry, by the way, it wasn't in your story. It wasn't in my story because I didn't know it, uh, that you have not conceded. I have not conceded. Do you believe there is a path where you can make up 48 votes with outstanding ballots or through some other challenge, contest phase? challenge the election. I think Cape May County does a very good job, and I'm not worried about um, there's no real uh, calls for help or you know, improprieties in the voting system. So, But there is 65 provisional ballots, and um, I know that there's a, more than enough uh, mail-ins to come in. And I mean, it's a, a How many total votes? Because this is going to be easy for us to figure out right here. We've been doing this for 31 years. How many total votes do you believe are outstanding? So I think I know there's 65 provisionals, okay. right? Yes. And then there's, um, I think, close to 30, 30, 40 mail-in ballots came in yesterday. And let's say that that halves by the next three days. So maybe there's another 120 to 140 out there. Um, so, you know. So you think if this is somewhere in the 140 range, you, you'd have to get a very large percentage in order to make up 48 if, if, if it was 65 and you got to w- get every one of them because, you know, how the, it works. Once he gets one, that's gone and it's, you know, you know the math. It, 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 it is what it is. Uh, normally, I will say this. If you have 100 votes, 120, 130, 140, and you're down by 48, you will most always lose. Because unless there's some kind of um, very strategic effort that was made by one of the campaigns those ballots fall the way the machine ballots went and you had a 50 50 election basically so that would mean i i would i would presume that madden's margin is going to hold up are you expecting that yes yeah i am you're a reasonable guy you're a good guy i remember the first time we interviewed you when you were a candidate i was impressed by you i liked your style, I like your forthrightness. I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like it that they took a lawman's record and misstated it in dirty anonymous flyers and tried to smear you and your career. I think that was very, very undignified, very wrong. I I got really lucky. Um, you know, so as soon as that happened, I immediately approached Jay and Pete. You know, I didn't like what you did. And there's conversation there, and, you know, they obviously denied it, but... By the way, let's just get this out on the table um, you, because you're, you're basically telling it and we'll tell it after the break. Let's get the break in. Uh, Tom Rotundi, councilman from Ocean City. I'm going to just put the question out on the floor, even though they denied it. And I wrote that in my story. Do you believe that either Mayor Gilliam or Councilman Madden or both were behind this flyer? We're just going to put it out there and let people decide. 
We'll be back with Councilman Rotundi in just a moment. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one talk station. And a reminder, it's a perfect companion piece to this interview. We have an extensive uh, piece up on the app or at WPGTalkRadio.com, whichever way you prefer to navigate to the digital content. And it's been up since early in the morning at around five-ish this morning, uh, all about Ocean City, the mayor's race, the council race, all of it. Uh, And we'll probably supplement it with some of the things we're learning in this interview as well. We'll be back. Sean Hannity. You know, what happened to the Democratic Party of Bill Clinton that said abortion should be legal but rare? So these radical pro-abortion Democrats announcing that they're going to be targeting all these Catholic churches as they did this weekend. But if you don't see the danger in this, there's nothing good that's going to come out of this. These justices now probably have to pack and leave and move to an undisclosed location. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. It's 22 minutes past the hour. You've tuned into WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We thank you for that, and we thank you for making us South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. We are visiting with Ocean City Councilman Tom Rotundi. He uh, is a, a sitting councilman. He ran for an at-large seat at the same time that he is a ward council person, perfectly permitted by the rules. You can't hold more than one, but he would have dealt with that um, if he's successful because it's still, it's, it's still in doubt. It's very, very close. And he is the victim of dirty tricks, no question about it. Some flyers were created. They were placed on vehicles, I've been told, and uh, not, just not nice stuff. Uh, and I put the question on the floor right before the break. Councilman, uh, do you hold Mayor Gillian and Councilman Madden responsible for these dirty flyers? So, although they denied it vehemently, um, in my heart, I think that they may not have done it, but they knew about it, um, just because of the circumstances surrounding it. But here's the thing, Harry. Um, I'm a big boy. We're in politics. I took the shot. Um, I went out there. I ran a good race, a clean race. I didn't go negative. Um, and, you know, I wish it didn't happen. Um, it affected my wife more than it affected me because I said, hey, this is the way, you know, it is. Um, the, where I got lucky was I got that letter in a record time. The chief asked me, he's like, how did you get that letter so fast? Um, because I'm a decent person and because, you know, I reached out, I got lucky and I got that letter to the, uh, press and it, it saved a smear job that would have probably hurt me a lot more than it did. Um, so I want to take the opportunity and say, listen, I did this when I ran the first time, there was dirty politics behind the scenes. It didn't get as bad as it was, but at the end of the day, I say, guys, I'm elected now and I'm going to extend my hand and I will always base my votes and what I do at the city at this table based upon the ideas that are brought forth and not based upon personal relationships with me and Jay or, or me and Pete. But I want to say, I don't, in your article, you said, um, I'm not a Jay hater. And that's a hundred percent fact. I don't hate Jay. I don't really even know Jay. Um, so the personal attacks, you know, they fall to the wayside after the election's over. I can't look back. I'm only going to look forward. Um, and what the voters said was, I have a pretty strong face going forward. Um, 
to not only protect the second ward, but to continue to protect Ocean City um, in a way that I ran the race clean and um, for the people. So, so give people an idea, Councilman. By the way, much much respect uh, for the way that you're handling this because there are a lot of people that would uh, would not forget would have a real long memory on something like that and and would it would carry forward and that's not good you, you've made it very clear that you i know you're not that kind of person and that's not good for the the taxpayers business but let me ask you this because we see different municipalities or whatever level the government is where it's almost predictable it's the, the die is cast if it's a sember, seven member body you know every time if it's four three, this four, it's almost like the Supreme Court. You almost rare exceptions. You get fooled once in a while where a justice might go one way or the other, but you kind of know if something's going to be five four, six three, whatever. Is this a four three city council, uh, depending on the issue, or is it not sides at all? And it's issue by issue. How would you uh, describe the voting on the Ocean City Council? Right. So this was the misconception when I got on the first time. Everyone thought that it was going to be one-sided and the other. Um, and I think if you looked at the way me and Councilman Levchuk voted, we voted, and let's say the team was Hartzell and the team was Jay, um, sometimes we went with uh, Hartzell when it made sense, when it was like, guys, this isn't the right thing for the city. Boom, we're going this way. And then the other times we voted with um, the administration. So there's only really three times where we said no to the administration, and they were for good reasons. One was the placement of the police station because they wanted to put it in front of a school next to a church, next to a skate park, which, you know, the way pedophiles are structured through the prosecutor's office and the way they're scheduled, some of them have to check in every 90 days. I'm not a fan of parading pedophiles in front of that that crowd, churches, schools, or, or playgrounds. Um, we said no to no fit contracts, and we put a stop to that. Um, and we said no to using um, a gentleman who said he was a lobbyist but wasn't registered, so we said we wouldn't use him any for, going forward. And I think that's going to wait. The way it's going to go forward, this is what I see. I see four independent wards. Everyone is truly independent. Terry Crowley in the first ward is amazing. He's an executive. He, he brings something to the table that um, a lot of people can't bring to the table in his background and what he does for his job. You know, what I do as a consultant, you know, I'm able to look at things from top to bottom. I bring an independent voice that says, you know, maybe we should be using best practices and look at other places and bring these pieces together. And Jody Lovechuck being a business owner on the island for second, I think, second generation or maybe third, he brings that perspective. And, and Bobby Barr, as you know, mm-hmm. is an amazing person who um, has always been strong and opinionated on that board, and, and he's not afraid to fight when the fight is right for the taxpayer and for the city. So I think that's what you're going to have. And whether you know that block still just says yes to everything is up to them. See, I mean, what, what, I, what I love about this, this is the way the government is supposed to be. Citizens elect representatives are supposed to vote their conscience. They're not supposed to vote a party. This is nonpartisan, but many times uh, people well, – well, give you an example. If what I was told is correct, you've got a victory party and, of course, the three people that, that um, Mayor Gillian ran with, they're at his party. Uh, Hartzell, who wanted to have a victory party that night, you never know until it's over. His turns out to be uh, a gathering uh, – running close but unsuccessful and then his crowd is there and three members of city council i believe you may be one of the three were at his event i i i really hold those that were at the hartzell event uh much more independent in my mind than the ones because a lot of people 
uh, go to the to the winner's party. That That's the safe, easy thing to do. Showing up and showing your face at the party to the guy that lost the mayor's position, that, that to me is, um, I don't want to say more impressive, but it's more noteworthy uh, to me because there's so many people that once the election's over, uh, they just act like they were with the winner the whole time. And I've known people that have gotten away with that for their whole lifetime. They just show up at the winner's party and they've never taken a stand in their life on anything. So it seems to me there's an independent streak to the legislative branch in Ocean City where any given moment, the mayor doesn't necessarily have four votes to move forward uh, on each and every matter. And you'd be 100% correct in saying that. So, um, and that's the way it should be. And I think people fail to realize when I got elected, when I ran the first time, there was nobody that was for me um, in the beginning, right? So I was able to build the relationships with Keith and Bobby and as, you know, Jody came on and then Terry. And I'm hoping to take this opportunity for Tony Polcini to take a look at, you know, what the four people have done, even Karen and Pete. This is an opportunity for everyone to say, all right, let's listen to the voters in Ocean City and really deliver what great government should look like. Mayor and the executive, us as a legislative, and let's work together and we can do that. Is you know? this, would you describe this, Councilman Rotundi, as split government? in Ocean City? I don't mean split as a negative. I mean, it's not a monolith where it's guaranteed. There, I mean, for example, Marty Small in Atlantic City, he's got a majority of votes. I, I almost want to say if he asked people to commit a felony, uh, he would get five votes. Yes, yes I, I will be happy to, to spend the next 30 years, you know, in, in, in Rahway State Prison. Uh, I think it's a fair comment to say that you have split government in Ocean City. Do you agree or disagree with that comment? So in the way you describe it, yes. Yeah, I don't mean but. split as an adversarial. I don't want anybody to, to, to run with these comments and, and misspeak about what, what we're talking about here. I mean, this is issue to issue where many elected uh, executive branch mayors they, they know. They put up this lawyer, it's in the bag. They put up this architect, it's in the bag. They want this development done, it's done. They got it. They know it. They know they've got it. It's, it's guaranteed. That is not the case in Ocean City. That's what I mean by split government. An application could come before city council that the mayor wants or a candidate or an issue, whatever. And council has the ability, obviously everyone does, every legislative branch has the ability to say no, but Ocean City, you you really do exercise that, don't you? Yeah, so that's where I think that I I hope Jay realizes this is uh, or Mayor Gillian realizes that this is a power sharing opportunity to come together with communication because in the past communication hasn't been great and it's been not great on both sides. So now's the opportunity to realize look ocean city is no longer an absolute yes right from the top down it's not an absolute yes there's two separate branches and as long as it's good for ocean city and the taxpayers and the families it will get done it'll be an absolute yes in that case but where it it deviates from that and where you know i think or terry thinks or jody thinks that or bobby thinks it could be done better we're going to listen to it and if we all agree well then you know, that's where the independent voices all lending to making the greatest decision for Ocean City at one at a time. And so, yes, th- we are divided. I'm hoping that it, it 
it changes. I hope that Tony Paulcini, Karen, and Pete Madden um, decide to become independent voices because that's what they're elected to do. They're elected to go out, knock doors, talk to people. I mean, Keith Hartzell lost this race. But I'll tell you what, if people did what he did and people did what Jeff Van Drew did, you go around, you knock doors, you talk to people, you show up places, you understand what's going on. You know. Hey, let me, let me just say, because you know I follow this stuff very closely, um, Gillian and the Gillian family, they're legends. Hartzell was going up against a legendary brand, and he got at least 46% of the vote. That's a hell of a job. It is. I mean, you're talking about a couple hundred votes total and a swing of a hundred and some, uh, and he wins. So it's a great effort on his part. Some of his comments were almost like he was riding off in the sunset. I, I would have kept much more powder dry than he did. Um, but he's been at it a long time, and I understand. Uh, let me run for now. We've got to get the break in. Uh, and, you know, uh, we, we've been strangers here for too long. I remember doing a very high-quality interview with you when you were a just-announced candidate uh, for office. I don't think that we've interviewed ever again since. Uh, we haven't. And listen, I'm always I'm always up for a good conversation. Good. So feel- right, you know how I, I look at things? Life is about relationship building, and it's a two-way street. So if I forget to reach out to you, you reach out to me. Let's not forget each other, Okay. You know what? That's a, that's a great uh, mantra there. I hope that we, we can pull that off in Ocean City as well. Good to talk to you, Councilman. Have a great day. You too. I was impressed. It all comes, you know how when you've only done something once, and it was a while ago, it was a number of years ago, I forgot what a good guy this is. I forgot. I apologize. I forgot. I'm human. Uh, it all came back to me, though. Uh, I, I have this thing called the likability quotient. And I believe that you can be short on talent. You can be short on whatever prerequisites. If you've got the likability quotient, then let's be honest, Jay Gillian's got it. He's a good guy. I think he's a really good man. Uh, and still that thing was so so close, so very close. Uh, very impressive. I was impressed in our first interview, and we'll call this your sophomore interview, Uh and, and soon you'll be matriculated on the Hurley in the Morning program. Very impressive accounting. And I, and I, I see if he stays involved, he's got a great future. And, and now I understand this. You know, you win a ward seat, it's a couple hundred voters or whatever it is. Uh, that's why it's so disproportionate in Atlantic City. Some of these tiny wards, a couple hundred people, and, and, they, and they come on with all this ability to vote for millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff. Uh, this rotundi, you don't need me to say it, but you've got a future. You really do. You've already been successful. You're on the governing body. And now you've run at large. It's one of the hardest things. I said this to Jack Cittarelli. It's so hard to get known. Once you do that, and if you have the likability quotient, there's like no stopping you. Sometimes you have to lose the first one uh, in order to win the next time out. All right, we're going to come right back to your calls after the break. It's 36 minutes past the hour. As promised, you will be next in just a moment. This is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Remember, on the app or the website, whichever way you prefer to navigate the digital content of Town Square Media, Atlantic City, and we'll say 
to be a little parochial, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5. Use your app, free download, safe, very, very um, multifaceted app in terms of digital content, uh, in terms of uh, listen live, and then every program that's on, the, the call number is right there as well. You can call right from the app. It'll interrupt the app. You'll then be on hold and brought on in the order that you've called in. And then when you hang up, you'll go right back to the, to, to the listen live aspect of the app. So it works really well. We have the podcast as well. So put that on your smartphone, on your home screen, and you're welcome. Uh, Sean Hannity, take us out. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean. 41 minutes past the hour. I haven't mentioned this this morning, but what a difference. Five days in no tree pollen, out for... I don't know, 10 hours a day outside at least, maybe more, at least that, uh, five, seven miles a day walking, uh, breathing air that doesn't have any of that horrible tree pollen that just demolishes me. And even though we have a great uh, filtration system at home, which we've made it a point to have because of my uh, spring allergies to, to the oak tree pollen in particular, but tree pollen in general, uh, I woke up this morning and I mean, completely different feeling. We we arrived uh, yesterday at around quarter of four p.m. And by the time I woke up at two o'clock in the morning, the entire just that heaviness that you get, eyes were puffy. I mean, it was ah, oh, was just such. I just I can't verbalize. Uh, only a fellow allergy sufferer. Otherwise, it just sounds like boo-hoo-hoo. But um, oh, just such a difference. And all I did was walk out of my car and go in the house because you don't get, no matter what, our, our filter is like five inches thick or something like that. It, it doesn't take out all the particulate of matter. You get it. And, and plus just walking from the airport into the car and from the car into the house, you're breathing in and it just gets you in seconds no matter how how hard you try you can't you, you just can't avoid it i have to be the john travolta the boy in the bubble outfit the only way you could do it welcome to the hurley in the morning program you're on the air thanks for calling in um i, I don't want to be on the air i just want to talk to you about your allergies you want to talk to me about my allergies and i was just talking about my allergies um well hold on i'll take one more call then we have the final break. Hang If you can hang in for me because you hung in there strong, uh, I'm happy to talk to you off the air about my allergies uh, in about two minutes. Let me take one more call, then I'll get you off the air. Wow, isn't that nice? He did, I wonder, I didn't even mention my allergies today until then, but he was on hold before then. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. No malice. Oh, way it's all in speech. Yeah. I'm doubling down, tripling yeah. down, quadrupling down. I want to make this, and I want to make this very clear. Mm-hmm. I feel for anyone who have aches and pain and allergies, but concerning me, uh, no malice. Uh, this baby talk, uh, life, 
the pain zone. Open heart surgery. You're a witness today because I call you from Deborah. Open heart surgery. They say I, am, I am live witness to Deborah Heart and Lung Center saving your life. No question. Right. And I, right. And I just want to say, Harry, uh, we're here at Baltimore Apartments now, right at City Hall, Baltimore, Tennessee. We're always from develop at the store, have keep the peace here. But I just want to say this, and I think you know I'm, I'm not one crying. I just want to say, giving a warning to people what's happening, you see what happening, I see it all the world. Good stand-up straight people. What they're doing here, they got 10 million, but I found 16 million area to move people here, both sides apart. And what they did, they decided a management contractor come up by there, rush you out in one day into another building, all your things are jammed up in one box. And they've got these millions. Hey, of- Willie, let me ask you something, because you're you're very polite. You're very, you can be outspoken when you need to be. Why didn't they do a better job with that? Because there's no oversight. I have heard money from Washington. But, I mean, somebody's job to make sure that people are treated with dignity and respect, isn't it? Yeah, that's why they gave them that free money of that. But what they did... They take the money and then they don't want to do the job, it seems. Right. And and, and how can a senior citizen, all these things they have, leave, leave it in two office people there, young ladies. But I was expressed it to the uh, prosecutor, all of this. That's why I said, with white women protect the rights of black men. I mean, everybody, black on black crime. Black women fighting uh, black men. But I understand that they're in that position, that job. I don't have no uh, no, no empathy for that. Harry. I put my life on the line, serve any gentleman. Jim, everywhere I wore, I made the peace, and I'm being here, and I'm saying here. Did, uh, let me ask you, though, Willie, did you get situated in your new place? Are you situated finally? No. No? No. They move things when you're out, these two girls in the office, and what happened is your medicine is not there. They got internal uh, contractors, conflict of interest. You go back to your home, they'll move things out. You can't find your medicine or any of that. Wow. And what it is, they found a weak spot in their office, the two girls, and they use them. Well, here's the shame. I mean, I'm not in that business, but I'm a former hotel operations executive. I would have had tubs for everybody. Uh, the stuff would have gone in it. It would have people's names on it. It would get moved once. It would get moved from where you were to where you go to. Willie, as you know, this is not rocket science. This just is a little bit of, of just organization here. And it's in-house. They move from one part to the other, but them two girls in the office get involved. And they just make a fool of everyone. I'm waiting right now for the police to come here and take pictures. They made a fool of the police coming up here. And I want to say this. I got. I told you before, I had help from Attorney General over the governor. And uh, Cyro's not going to be no uh, chief here. And then we can't uh, protect the people who are here. Everybody benefiting Ocean City pilot program and we're the ones who suffer here and uh we are under pressure here and i call the mayor i call them all but everybody how how long has this now i i recall talking to you about this before i left that was last thursday has this been going on for a number of weeks no this has been going on for nearly a year in new Orleans, wow uh i got in touch with them they sent uh people here amount of time we can't find out who demarco is this is either chinese or mob this is not normal I, willie 
I've got to go. I'm so sorry. I've got to get the last break in. I went as long as I could because I know how serious this is. And not lost on me is the last thing you just said. The Chinese are the mob. Uh, but it's so easy. The money is there. Do the job. Move people with dignity and respect. It's not hard. You just got to care a little bit. Care about your job. Care about doing the right thing. Care about helping people. Willie, uh, I know you will because you're persistent. Stay on top of this uh, with us. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you about this on air anytime you want uh, until they get it right. Uh, moving shouldn't be this uh, lengthy of an endeavor. We have an open phone line, 609-407-1450. If you'd like to check in, this is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hi, it's Larry Elder, and I want to talk to you about 100% drug-free relief factor. I've been telling you about it for years on radio and television. Why? Because I believe in it. I use it. My friends use it. And hundreds of thousands of others out there have tried it. About 70% of those people go on to order more. They find that Relief Factor works to help their bodies fight inflammation and eliminate their pain. Take Mark in Texas, for example. He'd been dealing with pain in his right shoulder for months, almost constantly, when he decided to give Relief Factor a try. Within two weeks of taking it every day, the pain in his shoulder faded away and completely disappeared. There are so many people out there whose experiences with Relief Factor are just like Mark's. What about you? Might your pain be the next to go away with Relief Factor? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Just go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. This is Hurley in the Morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Hey, thank you. 53 minutes past the hour. Did you also know, and in between your calls, I'm going to try to squeeze in a few of the, the real key points that we didn't have a chance to get to in our opening hour. We just, just run out of time and we just do the best we can. But the uh, iodinated... Contrast. You know the contrast that's used if you have certain imaging done. Now we have a critical shortage of that. You can't get baby formula. The 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 contrast is short. Now um, it, it just it's it's everything. Everything is broken right now. Wing and a prayer. We were very very fortunate both ways. I, that's why I don't. Um, you've never heard me criticize Spirit Air. Now, I'm not saying I've never had an issue that I didn't like. You've never heard me criticize because I've watched the effort. Their effort is it's there. And if you've got a pandemic and if you have uh, pilots that are timed out and if you have bad weather, you, the, these accumulation awards that create a lot of this stuff. I, I just um, I'm a reasonable person. But I was really grateful, uh, basically on time, both to Florida and back home. And yesterday, I was really, really rooting for it because I, I wanted to have a few hours just to decompress and then wake up at 2 o'clock and come in and be together again. And it all worked out. I'm very, very grateful. And I wrote about it, if you want to check it out, on the app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. 
Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm just curious. I just have one question. If uh, if there's even some dirty politics in Ocean City, how does Ocean City stay the, uh, the nicest resort in the country? I'm, I'm just curious about that. Well, I mean, let's let's face it. You have everything from socioeconomic realities. Let's let's just you know you're asking. I'll just throw a couple things at you. Uh, Atlantic City and Ocean City are very similar in that they have boardwalk, they have beach, they have Atlantic Ocean, they have um, amusements, they have um, food on the boardwalk. They, They have many, many comparisons. But Ocean City demographically is different. Socioeconomically, it's different. So it's apples to oranges at that point you have uh urban versus suburban if you will uh i think gary you know you know the answer to this this is not magic no no but i mean uh yeah but i mean politics plays a big part well no even the politics is different uh you've got a different level atlantic city you think about the evolution of atlantic city from illegal casinos and speakeasies and you know flaunting the prohibition era uh everything that took place in different eras where you had very strong basically almost dictators of Atlantic City and then subsequent times people still want to have as much power as they can have because they they heard about hey when Nucky ran things or when Hap ran things you know, where Gormley ran things, everybody wants to be the next boss. It's a different, it's a different political atmosphere altogether, because the genesis of it all completely different. Oh, yeah, but uh, well, see, like Atlantic City, it, it, uh, let's face it, it's it's not nearly as glorious as it used to be, and, Correct. and politics. Played a big part, and, and I'll tell you what's a shame about that because you've got these multi-billion-dollar casinos that are bringing it. I mean, they're they're on top of their game. Uh, it's a shame. I, I think that the, there's some bad parochial local politics. Very very unfortunate. Uh, the city should be cleaner. It should be safer. It should be better staffed in terms of police and fire, and it's not the state holds a, a big part of that as well uh it's a shame it really is a shame i mean you got useless people like ernest corsi what what value is that guy for the city of atlantic city look he wins the election for his elective seat so that's the people deciding that you'll never hear me complain about that in his district they wanted him no problem what's this guy do in atlantic city one thing that's good somebody tell me besides get a nice paycheck but, yeah, but see, my point is... In Ocean City, you have a guy like Soifer, God rest his soul, that I don't know what they paid him, but it wasn't enough. And this guy was amazing. And what he would do in terms of special events and things, it's a different culture altogether. Yeah, see, Ocean City stays nice regardless of the politics. Well, they insist on it. In Atlantic City, it's an employment agency for friends and family. They don't care. Do you think they care if the city's clean? Is there, is there any sense of urgency where, the, I mean, when Don Guardian was mayor, he insisted that the city was clean. 
He came from a culture of the Special Improvement District. It used to be able to say, hey, only the Special Improvement District uh, area is clean. And Rick Santoro, by the way, uh, does a great job. Uh, there's not a priority. There's just not. Marty Small has a different set of priorities. He loves – there are some people that love the title but don't want to do the work, don't want the job. That's Marty Small. He wants the title. Trust me on that. you got other people that get into it because they really – like a Don Guardian or a Vince Palestina. Vince Palestina needs the headaches he has like a hole in the head. But he wants to serve, and, and he wants to accomplish things. We've got these political swamp creatures that as long as they're getting paid and they get a job for every single person they want to get a job for, it doesn't matter. Results don't matter. Everything's just fine. Yeah, but even when Don Guardian was mayor, he, he couldn't – he didn't – he wasn't able to make much of a difference. So well, I would disagree. I, I, I patently disagree with that statement. You cannot – look, you have multiple unions. You have – civil service you you have a lot of it's like that would be like saying trump didn't get a lot done because of all the swamp creatures that that are left behind and he's gone no i i patently reject that don guardian but i'm here every day and i know when there's snow i know when there's major events i will tell you a day that that marty small did stand up and and we we spoke extremely well and at length the night of the riots in Atlantic City, when I came in impromptu and wound up doing a broadcast that started in the late afternoon and went until about, I think, one or two in the morning, Marty Small did a very good job. That, that every city in America that had what we had happen, everything was the same except the result. We had the drop shipment of bricks. They were all put out in their location ahead of time. The, the thing was planned, uh, and Small did an outstanding job. I'll tell you another area where he did a very good job. You know, he's listening right now. He must be like, he must be like having convulsions with me saying this. But I'm a, I'm an even-handed guy. I'm a fair-minded guy. Marty also did a very good job with the pandemic. I give him a lot of credit, and and his community. And it's not a surprise, disproportionately impacted, especially in the early days of COVID-19, where African-Americans were um, infected far more than other demographics. That if you go to the data, I promise you that is is a true statement. And Marty Small had a sense of urgency. He was doing the job. He um, worked really hard. for Atlantic City to be one of the, the, the areas chosen with the Army Corps of Engineers. We had the um, incredible site there over at the convention center. People may forget, but I don't. The amazing job that was done with the filtration where it was hospital, surgical room grade improvement. So Marty Small, when he's not being this, I don't even know what to call it, ulterior small that is retaliating and hurting people and doing stupid stuff. Uh, he's done some good things. He's, he's, he's uh, what I would say, and I've known him since he was a child. He's a good guy at heart. He, he's, he is just mixed up right now. He's misguided. I don't know if 
having police chauffeur and I'm the mayor. You know, uh, I don't know if there's just something that's just got rewired a different way, but there's a good guy in there. This version isn't it, though. Yeah, I agree with you on Marty Small. I remember about 15 years ago, and of course, Marty Small wasn't mayor then, but about 15 years ago, here's an example of of what's wrong with Atlantic City. Approximately 15 years ago, they were proposing to bring, bring back all of the old attractions that Atlantic City has been famous for. Uh, you like know. the diving horse and all that. Yeah, yeah. And and they never went, they were even going to rebuild the steeplechase pier. But it never, none of that, they never went through with those plans. Well, remember, there there is always a battle between, is Atlantic City a casino town for adults or is Atlantic City a town for bringing families? I, I say we're both. You got to be both. You can't be one or the other because that's that's a loser losing strategy to me i remember that talk and if i broke down each one of them there would be a reason some of that reinvestment the money never followed so it was just an idea and it it didn't have a chance oxygen to burn it had no chance the diving horse would have happened but you had PETA, uh and they they were brutal about it and i think it was even going to be like donkeys at one point and then that was kicked out uh so a lot of this happens because when people bring up an idea, somebody finds a way to shoot it down or to protest against it, to be against it, sometimes just to be against it. If you go to the history of the diving horse, those horses love to dive. And when they didn't want to dive, they didn't dive. I, I have proof of that. They loved it. There, and there were these lies that their bellies got broken. They had all kinds of broken this and that. They did, they did not. They did not. Yeah, yeah. Actually, had a rider, Sonora, go blind. But the horses loved it. And if they didn't want to dive, and I was at a steel pier occasion as a child, where the horse—I remember saying—the horse isn't going to dive. They're backing up. Horse is backing up, and the horse didn't dive. Gary, to be continued. I really enjoyed our conversation.